Morning to all of our listeners around the world logged on to the quality music zone qmzradio.com good morning to everyone also listening on janoradio.com it is turn to tuesday of course i have to say good morning to my studio audience courtesy of clubhouse it is tuesday november 1st you so much for joining me for coffee and tell world news on the go every monday through friday 9 a.m to 12 p.m eastern this is where i read the news and we share our views you can follow me on twitter at me media moments on instagram moments underscore with underscore me underscore media you can also find me on tiktok Moments with me, media, and the me in everything is MI. Coming up after this one from Lenny Kravitz, American Woman, we're gonna get into the headlines. Torrent Up Tuesday, we're turning it up a little bit in a different way today, playing some of my favorite songs. Going down the road of rock. what it is that Lenny Kravitz eats or drinks but he doesn't seem to age at all you have a few artists like that another one is Pharrell I'm like hold up brother what are you eating or drinking share that recipe Lenny Kravitz, thank you so much. It's too bad you gotta go. <laughs> One cup of Here are the headlines we have coming up for you today in the Caribbean corner. Bermuda, Cayman Islands, and Montserrat added to Russia's unfriendly list. Guns surrendered under new amnesty to undergo forensic testing in Jamaica. Investors are eyeing Jamaica for business amid sustained economic growth. In stories out of North America, men exonerated in murder of Malcolm X to receive a $36 million settlement. Powerball prize soars to $1.2 billion after no winners found on Monday. 
We have international news. We also have business and tech news. Shonda Rhimes, Tony Braxton, and other celebrities quit Twitter following Elon Musk takeover. Wonder what's going on there. The Fed may have to blow up the economy to get inflation under control. Oh, wow. In health and sounds news, five tips for coping with chronic migraines. Well, I'm definitely going to need those tips. Not after hearing what the feds may have to do. In sports news, Kyrie Irving says, I can post whatever I want in response to backlash about recent controversial social media. In entertainment news, rapper Takeoff reportedly shot and killed during a dice game in Houston. Hence the topic for today. When, the topic of the room, rather, black on black crime, when is it going to end? And I'm a little concerned with the uptick that we're seeing in the killing of rappers. Not sure what's going on. We're going to be right back with the details of these stories and more right after this music break. Here is Nickelback, How You Remind Me. I couldn't cut it as a poor man stealing. Tired of living like a blind man. I'm sick of sight without a sense of feeling. And this is how you remind me. This is how you remind me. Don't mind my singing. This is how you remind me of what I really am. Like you say sorry. sorry i gotta pull this one back up it is one of my absolutely favorite songs just listen to the words living like a blind man i'm sick of sight without a sense of feeling and this is how you remind me this is how you remind me of what i really am this is how you remind me Every bottle Stop words in my head Scream we haven't fun yet 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 No Yet 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 No It's not like you didn't know that I said I love you and I swear I still do And it must have been so bad Cause living with me must have damn near killed you Different story. I will, you know, let me shut up and let them do it.
Don't laugh at me. <laughs> In my head, I'm a singer. Rain is back with little Miss Sunshine. Rihanna, where you at? do this when they were younger get that hairbrush and stand in front of the mirror turn the radio up and be singing acting as though you're on a stage i know i'm not the only one Turned up Tuesday, so don't mind me. We play Shardy's like a melody in my head that I can't keep on coming singing like na 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 every day is like my eyeballs that we play, we play. Thank you to all the listeners logged on to the Quality Music Zone, QMZRadio.com. Remember, for quality music while you work or play, log on to www.QMZRadio.com to get you through your day. Thank you to everyone listening on JanoRadio.com. Download that Jano Radio app, J-A-H. K-N-O, available in your Apple and Google Play stores. And thank you to everyone here with me on Clubhouse. This is where the conversation happens. If you're listening online and you want to be a part of the conversation and you don't have the app, go ahead and download the Clubhouse app. It is also available in the Apple and Google Play stores. I'm Moments With Me. You're listening to Coffee and Toe. World News on the go. We do this every Monday through Friday, 9 a.m to 12 p.m. Eastern where I read the news and we share our views. Coming up right after this one from Yaz, we're going to get into the details and we're starting off with Caribbean Corner. Keep it locked. Yeah. 
like a melody in my head that I can't keep out. Got me singing like na 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 na. Every day's like my iPod stuck on replay, replay. Shawty's like a melody in my head that I can't keep out. Got me singing like na 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 na. Every day's like my iPod stuck on replay, replay. following stories are courtesy of caribbean.loopnews.com. First up, Bermuda, Cayman Islands, and Montserrat added to Russia's unfriendly list. Wow. So Russia made the additions. Yep. Bermuda, Cayman Islands, Montserrat, and Turks and Caicos Islands have been added to the unfriendly states as of Sunday. In a statement, the Russian government said that it added 11 British overseas territories to its unfriendly nations list due to sanctions imposed by the United Kingdom. 11 more British overseas territories have been added to the list that supported the sanctions imposed by the UK on Russia. Well, here we go. Bermuda, British Antarctic Territory, British Indian Ocean Territory, Cayman Islands, Falkland Islands, Montserrat, Pitcairn Islands, and I hope I did not butcher that, St. Helena, Ascension, and Tristan de Cunha Islands, South Georgia and the South Sandwich Islands, Akrotiri, Antiquilia, and Turks and Caicos. Now, I'll be honest, I've never heard of some of the many of these islands. But anyway, Bermuda, Cayman Islands, Montserrat, Turks and Caicos, joined Anguilla and the British Virgin Islands, who were added to the list shortly after sanctions were announced. Bermuda had been on Moscow's radar after its Civil Aviation Authority revoked the airworthiness certificates of over 740 Russian aircraft that are registered on the island. Bahamas is the only other Caribbean state on Russia's unfriendly list. Wow. Anybody else ever heard of these islands? British Antarctic Territory, British Indian Ocean Territory, uh, Pitcairn, and I hope I pronounced it correctly, Pitcairn Islands, St. Helena, Ascension, Tristan de Dacunha, South Georgia, South Sandwich, Akrotiri, Dekelia, Never heard of any of those islands. Okay, well, Virginia says she has. Good. It's So I need to go back to geography class. Never heard about them at all. It's my first time. I'm telling you. Every day I learn something new. Well, yeah, they have been added. Don't be surprised if all the islands that have some affiliation with the Commonwealth are added to the unfriendly list. <laughs> Russia is not playing with y'all. <laughs> Our next story, 16-year-old female student has not returned since leaving for school on Friday. An Ananda alert has been activated and a search is on for 16-year-old LaShawn Dixon, a student of Corn Peace Clarkstown in Trelawney, who has been missing since Friday, October 28. She is of brown complexion, slim build, and is about 5 feet 3 inches tall. Reports from the uh, Clarkstown police are that at about 6.40 a.m., LaShawn was last seen at home when she left for school wearing a blue tunic, white blouse, and black socks. 
efforts made to contact her since then have all been unsuccessful. Anyone knowing the whereabouts of LaShawn Dixon being asked to contact the Clarkstown Police Station or dial 119 or go to the nearest police station. I hope she's found again another young lady. This is getting ridiculous now. Our next story, singer Savannah pleads guilty to causing death by dangerous driving. Regis singer Savannah will have to wait until November 17 to find out her fate after she pleaded guilty to a charge of causing death by dangerous driving when the matter was called up in the Westmoreland Circuit Court on Monday. She is to be sentenced on November 17. The maximum death penalty for causing death by dangerous driving is five years behind bars. Savannah is represented by attorney Everton Jewell. He did not comment on the plea as the matter is still under judicial consideration and is therefore prohibited from formal public discussion within the court system. The 30-year-old singer, whose real name is Anna Blake, was charged following a crash last May. Blake was traveling along the Scott Cove Main Road in White House, Westmoreland, when the Honda City motor car she was driving collided with a Honda Fit that was going in the opposite direction. Savannah's brother was also injured in the collision. Ordia Cordiel, who was a passenger in the Honda Fit, sustained severe injuries and was admitted to the Black River Hospital, where she died on May 30. The driver of the Honda Fit survived the incident and appeared in court on Monday. Savannah is known for the singles Mango, If You Only Knew, and Man Down. She parted ways with Protégé's management company and label Indignation in May. First time hearing about her, so of course you know what that means, right? I'm going to look her up. Let me just jump over here. Uh, what's her name? Savannah? Never heard of her before. Savannah. Savannah. Okay, let me type in the song because looks like this is what's it? If you only knew. Okay, let's try that one. If you only knew. Okay, here we go. Let's let's see what this is about. I want to hear this one. Sorry, folks. This is it. This is it. That's one song. Let me hear another one. Mango. Vanna in a dance style. Love you like mango. Better you give me some loving. See how far we can go. Imagine it be nice and something. But say me love you like mango. Better you give me some loving. See how far we can go. All right. Well, it's my first time hearing about her. First time hearing any of her songs. Well, Geely says she's a really good singer. So is that, I don't want to misquote you, Geely. She makes really good music. 
That's what Julie said. Let me not misquote. Yeah, okay. Well, let's see what happens. You got to be careful when you're driving on the streets, especially in Jamaica, where everybody does what they want to do. You have to abide by the road rules, right? It saves lives, all right? A British national charged with raping woman at a local hotel. A British national has been charged with rape after he allegedly made his way into a woman's hotel room in Hanover and had sexual intercourse with her against her will on Tuesday, October 25th. The accused is Dewey James, 29, an electrician from South Wales in the United Kingdom. Reports from the Lucy police are that at about 8 p.m., the woman was at the main pool of the hotel when she asked Games and or I said James, right? I'm, I'm sorry, Games and his wife to lend her a charger. Games offered to assist, but reportedly insisted on carrying the charger to the woman's hotel room. Upon reaching the room, the now suspect allegedly requested coffee. Games then allegedly pushed the now complainant face down onto a bed and had sexual intercourse with her against her will. A report was subsequently made and the police were alerted. On Friday, October 28, the suspect was positively identified on an identification parade and was subsequently charged by the police. His arraignment is scheduled for the Lucy Parish Court on Wednesday, November 2. You're there with your wife. You're there to have a good time. This woman asks for a charger and you decide that that's an invitation for you to leave your wife behind and go and sexually assault this woman rape her good morning good morning javette are we not safe anywhere no we're not this is the most ridiculous story ever and i hope he get put under the jail i hope so too not allowed to go back to the UK, serve his time in Jamaica. This is ridiculous. Let me say this to everyone, both male and female, when you're traveling, excuse me, <clears throat> pardon me, please pack your things days in advance. If you're not good at remembering things, please see to it that you write everything down, especially the necessities. And at this point, a cell phone charger is a necessity. I would probably implore you to buy one of those battery packs if you can, and it, you know, so you have it to attach to your phone or you know, one of those portable chargers. Because you never know when you may be preyed upon when you're innocently asking for help. Pack your things days before. Check your list twice to make sure you have everything that you're going to need. Because this is just preposterous. You are asked for a charger. You left your wife and you're going to rape somebody. You know what? Whatever you get, you deserve. The next story, courtesy of NationwideRadioJM.com, guns surrendered under new amnesty to undergo forensic testing. The, guns, the government's gun amnesty is set to take effect this Saturday, November 5th. The amnesty is being launched ahead of the new Firearm Act coming into force. The new, new law will introduce mandatory sentences of up to life imprisonment 
For certain firearm-related offenses, the amnesty will allow those with illegal guns to turn them in at police stations across the country. National Security Minister Dr. Horace Chang told Nationwide News the amnesty will last for 14 days. The National Security Minister says the amnesty is intended to provide a fair opportunity for those who have may have inadvertently come into possession of an unlicensed weapon to turn it into the police. He says those who may have unlicensed weapons who do not have criminal intentions should turn them in. The minister says the government does not expect that hardcore criminals will willingly hand over their weapons. The minister also says weapons handed over will be tested to ensure they have not been involved in criminal activity. And that's according to Dr. Horace Chang, National Security Minister. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they need to be a little... Let me pull up the sound bite because I need for them to be a little more explicit in explaining how it's really going to work because i'm hearing what some may hear as well that we're we're allowing you to turn them in under the amnesty however if they're tested and you're there is some association so let me go to the soundbite saturday the 6th of november and it will run the fifth and it will run for how long Two weeks, um, exactly two weeks. Two weeks, exactly. Yeah. The intention of the amnesty is a certain level of equity and justice. We know it's not going to be the hardcore shooter that going to bring in his firearm unless he has a, a little broken one he wants to hand over. Right. And he can do it to his lawyer. The intention is to provide opportunity that there are individuals in society who have, because of the, let's say, a level of laxity, not very severe laxity, but a level of laxity. You might have inherited a firearm from your grandfather, the killer deadly weapon. Um, you may have one because of legacy. Somebody died and their firearm. And you're not one who is clean and using it or not upon the whole um, legal legalization of the firearm. You keep it. Others may have kept something as symbol as uh, older firearm. And, but evidence is a matter for the police to retain and track. So this is why if there's a, a, a criminal who may have bought a firearm from another criminal enterprise and he has a change of heart. Give it to his attorney. Um, if you can track him down, you'll have to get him to give indication of where he found the firearm because there's an incentive for that to give evidence. But the reality is you use the ballistic and evidence. You'll have to store that ballistic and bring the trap back all the instant where that showed up so you know where the firearm and, and, you know, might have come from. And if you find the individual, um, which is quite possible, then you, 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 you have to provide evidence. So please correct me if I'm wrong. They're giving the opportunity for folks to turn in weapons. They're also giving the opportunity for criminals to turn in weapons. However, there is a strong possibility that you may be detained um, if after the, what you call it, forensic testing is done and it can't, the, a crime has been committed and it's linked to you. Is that what I'm hearing? Yes or no? I need to know I'm on the right track. Because if that's the case, I think people are going to be, criminals are going to be skeptical. 
even if they return it into an attorney because they know that there's a great possibility that they're going to come back and get them. So is that going to be effective as far as criminals are concerned? Good morning, good morning, good morning. Good morning, naturalist. Oh, you made it through the night. How did you do? Not, <laughs> not, too, not too bad. <laughs> um, this this law seemed like uh, it's destined to fail. Uh, once you start mentioning you're going to do forensic and if this and if that, now that's been the U.S. You turn your guns in, no question asked. If they find something on a gun, that's their itch to go on um figure out what happened, not for you to try down a person that turns a gun in. That's going to dissuade a lot of folks from actually um, turn their firearm in. So, and they say, they say this is a life in prison now for a certain crime. Yes. I, I guarantee that that jail that the British wanted to build in Jamaica, I guarantee it's probably back on the books. Are they kind of reconsidering it? And this is not a way to say, oh, we tried to do something. Yeah, uh, it is going to fail. I feel so too. I wanted to make sure I wasn't hearing wrong, right, naturalist? Because um, you have to be so careful. You gotta be so careful um, with putting out a program. You, if you want that program to work, you have to make it conducive to the situation, right? You can't tell people there's a two-week amnesty period. We're inviting you to turn your um, weapons in, but we're going to do forensic testing. And if a crime is linked to this weapon, eh, we're going to come pick you up. That's what you're saying. You know what? L let me... Genius level, you know? Genius <laughs> level of the government. The smartest of our people. Yeah. <laughs> You know, good morning. So let me, I want to make sure I heard it correctly. So I'm going to play the sound bite again. Bear with me. Saturday, the 6th of November, and it will fifth. run the 5th. Yeah. And it will run for how long? Two weeks. Um, exactly two weeks. Two weeks, exactly. Yeah. Okay, that's by one, by two. There's a certain level of equity and justice. We know it's not going to be the hardcore shooter that's going to bring his firearm unless he has a little broken one he wants to hand over. Right. And he can do it to his lawyer. The intention is to provide opportunity that there are individuals in society who have, because of the, let's say, a level of laxity, not very severe laxity, but a level of laxity. You might have inherited a firearm from your grandfather, the killer, a deadly weapon. Um, you may have one because of legacy. Some of the time, you are not one who is keen on using it or not upon the whole um, legal, legalization of the firearm. You keep it. Others may have kept something as symbol as uh, older firearm and uh, and by three, it's a matter for the police to retain and track. So this is why there's a, uh, a criminal who may have bought a firearm from another criminal enterprise, and he has a change of heart. We give it to his attorney. Um, if you can track him down, you'll have to get him to give indication of where he found the firearm because there's an incentive for that to give evidence. But reality is, you use the ballistic and evidence. You'll have to store that ballistic and bring the trap back all the instant where that showed up, so you know where the farm and, and you know might have come from. And if you find the individual, um, which is quite possible, then you 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 have to provide evidence. Mm. So you see, I'm naturalist. 
still not good it's not gonna be favorable they they should have mirrored it um from another country where it was successful and you know yeah this is doing too much if you if you're giving them the, what does amnesty mean do they understand what am what, what what does amnesty mean you know i'm i'm not gonna use my okay amnesty the act of an authority such as a government by which pardon is granted to a large group of individuals so if you're how are you telling someone that i'm going to pardon you but then i'm going to turn around and try to find you because you have to pay for the crime you committed does am i wrong please somebody tell me if i'm miss i'm off here if you have a change of heart you can give it to your attorney but we're gonna have to question you see what i'm saying sounds like a setup it is a setup fabian yeah come on man come on really um. <laughs> stevie wonder could see this <laughs> Tell me you're gonna pardon me, but then, oh, I'm pardoning you, but I'm gonna punish you. I'm gonna punish you, not right now, but in a couple of weeks or in a couple of months, I'm gonna punish you. So, what is the point of saying you're pardoning people? They don't think people can pull up a dictionary, jump on Google if they use their phones, and figure out what the word amnesty means and then challenge them. So, I hope attorneys will push back if any attorney has someone turn a weapon into them for them to hand it over i hope that attorney will stand up in their defense and i'm not saying i'm condoning criminals don't get me wrong what i am speaking to is you cannot be telling the public we're having an amnesty period of two weeks asking you to turn in firearms especially um illegal firearms and then tell them but we're going to do forensic testing to see if they're linked to a crime. And if it's found that you are linked to that crime, I'm sorry, we're going to have to pick you up. That is not an amnesty. That's not pardoning anyone. If you want to wipe the slate clean, wipe the slate clean and give people the opportunity to turn their lives around. Now, if them turn in the weapon, you do forensics and you store that information in a database. You don't go after them. But let us say down the road, another crime is committed. Forensics done. And you're able to link to the information you have in the database. And now from that, you're able to go back to that person. Now that's a different story. Whatever happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. I'm sorry. Go right ahead, Afo. Moments, people. <laughs> Y'all give them too much credit, moments. I really talk. Y'all give them too much credit. No, I'm not giving them credit. I'm saying that's what they no, should no, do. Say, <laughs> no, that is what I'm saying. You're giving them too much credit. <laughs> moments, I worry about time. I say, yo, come up with, even if you can't come up with the idea yourself. You know what I mean? 
uh, at least couple of some country though. The man them can't even come up with a, a couple of country and say, all right, then, this is how we're going to catch rapists. You know what I mean? People will pray upon children. We're going to set up a fake page. Um, we're going to pretend to be one little girl or a little boy. And when these predators go up on the website, the things is a little child them are talk to, and then we're going to nab them. They do them something there. You know what I mean? And you said, John, all right, then, look, all right, we're not smart enough to come up with the idea on yourself. At least do what you see on this country, though, you know, and we might help catch some of these criminals, some of these predators. No! So when you are trying to put out that, I will part time, them come up with them, so long I'm say, yo, so, so you don't could have think about this. I don't have no degree, I never got through no police training, just look security training for a couple of weeks and that was it and we can come up with some simple 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 something for for, for you know what i mean for help curb certain things and you know who oh, have these degree and all these things where here say have to become a police can't come up with them something here and who oh, a big commissioner and, and you know you know couldn't come up with them idea what me alone still gonna come up with but and here's the thing joker. <laughs> but Alpha, here's the thing this is why it is so important to have community relations because you can't sit in a position and think you know everything you, you have all the answers and many times the answers are outside of the boardroom many times the answers are those who are you're going to who you're going to hand out the mandates for them to follow to carry out many times the 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 man the, the answers are in the very communities that you're looking to protect and serve we can't think we know everything and we have all the answers, right? Because this is going to be a failure. I'll be curious to know how many weapons they are going to be able to take off the streets. I'm curious to know. So it starts this Saturday, runs for two weeks, and I want to, I'm, I'm going to keep a tab on this. If it's successful, well, great. If it's not, mm, I told you so. <laughs> you know. Our next story, also courtesy of NationwideRadioJM.com. Convicts should not be JPs, Justice Minister says. No person with any previous criminal conviction will be, can be, or should be appointed as a justice of the peace. And that's according to Justice Minister Delroy Chuck. In an interview with Nationwide News yesterday, Minister Chuck said the vocation admits only persons of the highest and unquestionable integrity. He notes that persons who have been convicted of any crime would be denied commissioning. The minister was refuting a story being circulated that attorney at law Isat Buchanan, who has prior convictions, is a justice of the peace. Minister Chuck noted that Buchanan has gone through the training but was not sworn in. He says Buchanan was disqualified based on his previous conviction. Mr. Chuck went further to state that he wasn't and cannot be appointed until he is sworn in and the process takes place at the time of commissioning, at which point, the certificate of appointment is delivered. The justice minister pointed out that no one is a justice of the peace until they are sworn in and the document, which is then returned and kept by Ministry of Justice. You can't be a JP, but you can be a lawyer. So skip over JP where your services are for free 
and go straight to being an attorney where you can charge. All right? Don't get dismayed. You're not, you don't get, you have um, a prior conviction. It's not the end of the world. So you want to be a JP. There are people who recommend that you be a JP, but you can't be a JP. Carry on with being an attorney. Don't, don't worry yourself. Just be a damn good attorney. All right? Okay, next up. We jump back to jamaica.loopnews.com. For this story, a young pig farmer dreams of state-of-the-art facility. 24-year-old pig farmer Giovanni Morris dreams of establishing his own state-of-the-art facility, which will integrate technology into the animal-rearing process. Currently, the Portland resident shares a farm in Boston Bay with mentor and business partner Seymour Duncan, which he said needs improvement. Whenever I reach a level where I'm able to acquire the farm that I want, I want it to be completely indoors where I will be able to keep my animals cool, have proper waste management, proper air exchange management, and so forth. Hopefully in the future, I can put that down, he told JIS News. Morris, who studies construction management at the University of Technology in Jamaica, said he intends to use the knowledge and skills gained from his studies to assist in the expansion and upgrade of the space he currently occupies until he can establish the modern facility he desires. We are planning to expand the facility that we're using because it's been there before I was born, but we want to try to take care of it as best as possible, he noted. The young entrepreneur who started farming less than two years ago said he decided to focus on pig rearing to tap into the high demand for jerk pork in Boston Bay. He and his business partner also manufacture and sell jerk seasoning. Morris told JIS News that there have been many challenges along the way, noting that proper waste management is the hardest part of his job. He said he must ensure that waste does not become a nuisance to anybody, whether it is the smell or the spread of bacteria. You know what? I have to give him a round of applause. 24 years old. He started at 22. Started at 22. What's your excuse? If you want something bad enough, you will go after it. If you want something bad enough, you will go after it so there is still hope folks we cannot give up there is still hope for youth for the young people coming up because if you don't do farming who who, who is going to feed the country and on that note there is a video that um i downloaded because hold on let me see if i can find it not that one Okay, potato farming in Jamaica. I'm going to have to start the video over. Bear with me here. Let me go. Demand them all uh, bring in potato when we never short it. I'm with the United States Potato Board, and we represent about 6,000 potato producers in the United States. One of the markets which we found to be of, of very much interest is right here in Jamaica. Get you up here with Mr. Garrison. There we go. Well, okay. 
<laughs> we had offers from Washington from some guys, a group of guys. We asked them what they wanted to buy from us, and there wasn't anything that they could buy from us. They just wanted to sell us potato seeds. We are not short of potato seeds. That's not our problem. I'll give you a joke. You talk about get goods in the United States. I signed a contract to produce honeydew melon and cherry tomato. And you know what happened? Everything I sent to the package, they turn it down, say it not, it not reach the standard. They say don't package good. The size that we have is not meshing with their size. And it, the system went on so, so rotten with me that you know what I did? Discard it total. NAFTA or whatever they call them, a free enterprise. They're not free, they flow like the Mississippi. It flows in one direction into the Gulf of Mexico. It never goes back up the hill. And whereas the Gulf of Mexico can absorb it, Jamaica cannot absorb the flow from Europe and from North America, all coming in on us. This is our country, our turf. Give us back our market. Don't try to force your idea on us. Okay, so. Who is the Minister of Agriculture in Jamaica? I think it's Honorable Colonel Charles Jr. Why are we allowing external forces to come in to eliminate local production of local produce? He said it right. Jamaican a shot a potato. I have a cousin, well, had, he died, may his soul rest in peace. He used to have a, a potato farm in Cristiano. Why are we importing potato? Why do we need potato seedlings from the United States? Jamaicans need to stop this foreign mentality. Get rid of this foreign mentality where everything from foreign is better. Foreign things give foreign problems. How do we expect our economy, our farmers, our farming sector to thrive if we are not supporting them wholeheartedly. Look at that. He had to destroy his crop because it didn't meet standard. Okay, don't meet their standard. It's sure good enough. How many of us grew up with some fruit tree in the yards? Well, we come from country. So I know about walking outside, picking guava off a tree, guinep off a tree, banana off a tree, orange, grapefruit, tangerine, um, cherry, lychee, aki. I think we have almost damn near everything. Cane, breadfruit, and we're still alive, right? We're still alive. As a matter of fact, if you ask me, the people who eat from the land are healthier than those who thrive on imported foods. You ever see some people and you wonder how them can age in the country? They walk, they're strong. It's organic food. 
not something that's genetically modified. We don't need that in Jamaica. So, Honorable Colonel Charles Jr., Minister of Agriculture and Fisheries, there is no need for you to invite American boards to come there to talk to the local farmers about using the American seeds. We don't need that. What you should be doing is inviting persons to come and talk about technological advancements, machinery, how to farm more efficiently, more effectively. That's what you should be doing. And I know I'm not speaking out of place. As a Jamaican, we have a voice. Why are we doing that? Why are we allowing that? Don't we see what's happening? We don't need any more genetically modified foods in our system. Cancer is at an all-time high in Jamaica. That numbers that I've never heard of before. And I'm convinced that it starts with what we eat, what we're ingesting. Do better. And um, I stand with the farmers of Jamaica. But back to this story. I digressed. This young pig farmer. Here's what he did. He aligned himself with his mentor. If you don't have the wherewithal, see how you can align with someone else. Right? Start somewhere. Just start. And we need more farmers in Jamaica. We need more young farmers. Everybody can't work in call centers. Everybody can't work in banks. Everybody can't be a lawyer. Everybody can't because they're, I'm telling you something. We have such a, <laughs> we have so many lawyers in Jamaica. It's ridiculous. But anyway, everybody can't be a lawyer. Everybody can't be a doctor. Everybody can't be a nurse. If we have all those things and no one to grow the food, what's going to happen is we're going to be reliant solely on imported things. And God bless what we're opening up ourselves to because we are looked at as a third world country. So third world countries do not get the best quality. Understand that. You get the what left. You know when you, you go to the outlet malls? What do they have at the outlet malls? The things that can't go in the um, flagship stores, right? Stitching maybe off a little bit, something a little off that didn't meet the didn't make the cut. QA standards not met. So they put those in the outlet stores. They're still wearable. They're still good. Some of them look real good to me. But they don't make the cut. Well, guess what? We are the outlet stores. Third world countries are outlet stores. They dump what doesn't meet the standard. But the funny thing is, you can't export what doesn't make the cut to them. Ain't life funny? How dare you want to try to export that to us? No, 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 no. That's not up to par. But we saw hunger and licky licky like that we take them what left. 
And that's why it's cheaper, folks. Remember, I've been asking all along, why is it that imported things are cheaper, imported food and meat? Well, meats especially, cheaper. Down to chicken back, where you import cheaper than chicken back grown in Jamaica. That no make no sense. Well, there goes your answer. Okay, it's not up to par. We're like a dumping ground. So let's encourage our young people to step up and do some farming so we can have a healthy Jamaica. All right. We need a healthy Jamaica. Are right, we going to take a quick music break when we return? We have more stories, stories out of North America. Here is Toto with Africa. I hear the drums echoing tonight. She hears only whispers of some quiet conversation. It is turned up Tuesday on Coffee and Toast, so don't mind me if you hear me croaking along with some of these songs, playing some of my favorites. And I hope you will enjoy them. Along the way, hoping to find some old forgotten words or ancient to me as if to say hurry boy it's waiting there for you Thank you to all the listeners listening online on QMZRadio.com and JanoRadio.com. Thank you to everyone here with me on Clubhouse where the conversation happens. I'm Moments With Me. You're listening to Coffee and Toe, world news on the go. We do this every Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern. This is where I read the news and we share our views. Here's a little No Doubt featuring Bounty Killer. Hey, baby.
it. Have to help myself in one of them gorgeous ladies. There is no need to be hacking shady. Come on, baby. Hey, hey, baby. Jump on the stage, girls, we going crazy. Have to help myself in one of them gorgeous ladies. There is no need to be hacking shady. Come on, baby. Hey, hey, baby. When you rock your hips, you know that it amazes me. Got me off the hook and nothing else don't face me. Can you be my one and only sunshine lady? No, if no, maybe. I'm just sipping on chamomile Watching boys and girls in the sex appeal With a stranger in my face who says he knows my mom And went to my high school All the boys say Here's another one of my favorites by Evanescence, Bring Me to Life. Right after this next one, we have stories out of North America. Keep it locked. Here is Maroon 5 with Animals. Just tuning in to the Quality Music Zone or JanoRadio.com. Welcome. Thank you for logging on. You are listening to Coffee and Toe World News on the Go On Moments with me. This is where I read the news and we share our views. Keep it locked.
Thank you for that one, Maroon 5 Animals. This is what I listen to when I'm in a cleaning mood. Yeah, when, when I'm cleaning, I turn the speakers real loud and rock out to this. And it makes the work go by a little better. <laughs> and then when I'm in the kitchen, it is dance hall or soca. Right? Yeah. So, a little bit into my world. Now it is time for us to get into the details of stories out of North America. First up, Paul Pelosi's alleged attacker accused of physically and sexually abusing his kids. This story is courtesy of Baller Alert. In addition to allegedly assaulting Nancy Pelosi's husband, David DePap has been accused of sexually abusing his stepdaughter and sons. Inti Gonzalez, a 21-year-old woman, claiming to be DePap's stepdaughter, revealed the accusations in a blog post. According to the since-deleted post, Gonzalez's mother met Depap in Maui while she was pregnant with her, and the couple eventually moved to San Francisco, where they had two sons. Gonzalez claimed that for nearly three years, Depap and her mother were romantically involved. She claimed he stayed at their house to help care for her and her siblings. Around 2014, her mother removed Depap from their home, because of his toxic behavior. Six months later, she said, my brothers started getting memories of Depap physically and sexually abusing me and my brothers, which started when they were very young and continued until around 2008 when Gonzalez was seven, she recalled. My mother made a police report when she found out, but the case was not managed properly, so nothing was done about it in the end. Gonzalez claimed that given the Pap's history of physically abusing her and her brothers, she was not shocked by the alleged attack on Paul Pelosi. This attack on Nancy Pelosi's husband came as a shock to me, though not much, considering the kind of extreme abuse he had inflicted on me and my brothers. Despite their past, she reaffirmed her love for the Pap, saying he made a genuine effort to be a good person. But the monster within him was always too strong for him to rely on. He barely opened up about himself or his past, but it was obvious that he grew up in hell and that we did not know the worst of it, she continued. Once he sat us down in Tolden Park. He looked like he was about to cry, he said, and, you know, he said this. I am so sorry for everything I have done to you guys. I'm more sorry than you will ever know. Gonzalez claimed that when she had last spoken to Depap, she was 13 years old. She said that the exchange ended when she wouldn't say that abuse had ever occurred. When she wouldn't say that abuse had ever occurred. Okay. In her post, Gonzalez referred to the Pap's online activity, which he echoed QAnon conspiracy theories, anti-Semitic rants, and anti-government rhetoric. I was able to learn more about him and his views from his blogs, she said. Though I did not agree with all his views, it made me happy to see that he had strong opinions about important issues that our world is facing today. The Pap was federally charged Monday for attempted kidnapping following the attack on Paul Pelosi. Hold on, back up a second here. Though I didn't agree with all of his views, it made me happy to see that he had strong opinions about important issues. What are the important issues? QAnon conspiracy theories, echoing that? Anti-Semitic rants? Is that it? Or anti-rhetoric? Anti-government rhetoric? Uh, I'm so happy you, you keyed in on that. I am so, so happy. <laughs> and 
because that, you know, I'm happy that he has strong feelings about hateful crime. I mean, hateful things in politics. Wonderful. Yay. Yeah. I was wondering if I was off for a second, Sunette. I was (laughs) off. Off. She's the one that's off. I don't even know why that article was even posted. So this person abused you as a child, abused you and your family members and your mother as a child. Man, please. (laughs) Let me be quiet. Let me be quiet. (laughs) I I don't even know why some things make news. I'm like, hold on. Did I just read that? Did I just read that? <laughs> that that's not even knackle. That's just plain, yeah, mm. yeah. Because effery. That's plain effery. Plain effery. Plain. Because I'm trying to figure out important issues that he has strong opinions. You don't agree with them. So if you don't agree with them, why are you supporting them? Because te- te- I can't even I can't even talk. Technically, that's what you're doing, girl. You're condoning his QAnon, um, QAnon conspiracy theories. You're condoning his anti-Semitic rants, and you're condoning his anti-government rhetoric. And that is why he would feel it's okay to do what he did. Lord have mercy. Where are our minds? Do we know what's right from wrong anymore? Do we have a moral compass? Do Lord help us. Um NBC News reports that the Justice Department filed two charges against David DePap, who is 42 years old, and as we know he broke into the residence while Paul Pelosi was sound asleep. He was looking for Nancy. Yeah. He wanted to kidnap Nancy and assault Nancy. He wanted to break her knee. You know what? He was going to break her kneecaps. But his behavior is justified if his stepdaughter, whom he abused, is so happy to see that he has strong opinions. Get the heck out of here. Our next story, also courtesy of BallerAlert.com, men exonerated in murder of Malcolm X to receive $36 million settlement. Defendants in the wrongful conviction lawsuits related to Malcolm X's assassination have been awarded a $36 million settlement. New York City will pay $26 million, while the state of New York will pay $10 million. This is according to a report from the Associated Press citing attorney David Shannes. Both men were formally exonerated last year after new evidence in the case had been discovered. Previously, Mohammed Aziz, 84, was released from prison in 1985 on parole, while Khalil Islam, who died at the age of 74 back in 2009, was released in 1987. A New York City Law Department representative stated on Sunday that the recently disclosed settlement brings some measure of justice following the two men's wrongful convictions. This settlement brings some measure of justice to individuals who spent decades in prison and bore the stigma of being falsely accused of murdering an iconic figure. Based on our review, this office stands by the opinion of former Manhattan DA Vance, who stated, 
based on his investigation, that there is one ultimate conclusion. Mr. Aziz and Mr. Islam were wrongfully convicted of this crime. Aziz and Islam's estate are expected to split the $36 million settlement once documents related to the settlement are signed and approved in the coming days. I'm Aggie today. They're not alive. They're not alive. Yes, it's going to their estate, but, but they're not alive to enjoy this. They're not alive. Khalil died in 2009 at the age of 74. Muhammad died at the age of 84. He was released in 1985 on parole. What took them so damn long to realize that they were wrongfully convicted of this crime? But if you kill a police officer, you know the crime gets solved within 24 hours. I don't know. Am I supposed to be happy? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe just, just yes, yes, um, a little bit. Because um, even this, you were saying how long it's taken. Vance is no longer the DA of New York City. He's been gone for, I think, about five years, five to six years. So he did the investigations, and now there's somebody else there who did it. Um, you know what? I'm happy. It got finished, and they won a, a settlement. Regardless of the fact that they're not around, they have dependents, we hope, or trust, or something that it will go to. So it's unfortunate they, they spent so much time in prison and they're not and are now passed away but the silver lining is it came to a conclusion and there is a monetary supplement a substantial monetary supplement i mean whatever the words is i can't speak anymore but that's yeah. it so it's it's not the best thing it should have happened back in 1969 i think that's when he was murdered the same year as um what year was that whatever the year he was murdered I wish they had found that it wasn't them, and that would be it. But at that point, nothing would have happened, right? There would have been no settlement. You're right. They would have been. They would have just exonerated them, or said, "Okay, it wasn't you," and go after the next people, and their lives would not have been better for it, or their families' lives. So, You're right. Silver You're, lining. Silver lining. Thank you, Sunet. Thank you. Thank you for reminding me of the importance of finding the silver lining in every situation. Yeah. But it speaks to a larger issue, a bigger issue for me. Why is it that it's so easy, or let me say back then, and I believe it still happens, it is so easy to incriminate someone, to wrongfully convict someone of color. Why? Why is it that due diligence is not done for people of color? Why? We're hearing in, since this year alone, I think we have heard about more than a dozen cases of wrongful convictions. Some people have died. Some people, thankfully, are still alive to be released, but years behind bars. Years. So then it speaks to the criminal justice system. Do they care about doing due diligence? And of course, I'm probably asking a rhetorical question. 
because the goal really is we got to keep the beds. Out. What was the percentage we read the other day? That they have to be kept at a percentage capacity because if they don't, <laughs> the states still have to pay the private owners, right? So any which way you take makajukyo, right? It's damned if you do, damned if you don't. Taxpayers' dollars still have to fund the system. <laughs> yes, Sonette, the other silver lining, they're black people. Yeah. Indeed. Do they care to overhaul the justice system? Do they care? Um, moment. Um, yeah. we'll come on to Malcolm X. Okay. The reason why I'm so quiet about Malcolm X is because, but see, uh, but there was, but there was like a documentary thing that go on like who killed X. You know what I mean? And I have the, I have the, like to remember a lot of stuff. Them also. Also, Malcolm X things are a very tricky situation. You know what I mean? Um, in in my case, you know, when it comes information, so I really to speak on certain things I'm not know, but I certain things when it come on to that, I for understand say uh, more time. When some of them crime get committed, you know, with some of them hierarchy, uh, um, public figure and all them stuff with it, you have to understand who is at play as well. FBI, CIA, and trust me, they me. Yep, MLK, same thing, you know what I mean? So, film thing, it, 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 one of the things women, women are to talk on, if we not have the whole, like 100% surety, right. I will really take place. But I do know for a fact that the FBI was a part of it. They wanted X out. Um, same like how they wanted MLK out. Same like how they wanted the Black Panther lead, um, leaders out, which they went ahead and make sure they got rid of those um, icons as well. Um, so, yeah, you have some big government people our organization that was in play and some of them them actually use who own to get for carry out them mission or them agenda so with x thing we don't we don't really talk about what we we ancestor thing like that because we have the full and the 100 percent um information um, on it information okay. on that all right but, not a problem yeah but to the question why the mods are do that, especially that time, uh, yeah, use a threat to them. You talk about liberated people and all them something and have, have put smartness in other people's mind, make them think for them own and yeah, show up certain demons where in a power. You know what I mean? So use a threat. How dare you? Like you don't know your place. So we have to go get rid of you. If we don't come do it ourselves, uh, um, like straight up, we are gonna get somebody like with the color like you to do it, take it out. You, you're not even gonna expect them, and that is actually documented. You know, some of these iconic figures were passed on to the next realm, you know, you know what I mean? Yeah. Which uh, earlier my name a few. So, an easy thing for just throw a black man in a jail, especially at them time, they say, Yeah, I'm the crime, you mm. know what I mean? So, so sad, right? So yeah, sad, man. so sad. 
All right. Uh, Trump organization faces criminal tax fraud trial over perks. Story courtesy of the Associated Press out of New York. For years, as Donald Trump was soaring from reality TV star to the White House, his real estate empire was bankrolling big perks for some of his most trusted senior executives, including apartments and luxury cars. Now, Trump's company, the Trump Organization, is on trial for criminal tax fraud. On the hook for what prosecutors say was a 15-year scheme by top officials to avoid paying taxes on those fringe benefits. In opening statements on Monday, prosecutors and defense lawyers sparred over the company's culpability. Prosecutor Susan Hoffinger argued the company is liable because the officials were high managerial agents entrusted to act on behalf of the company and its various entities and that the company benefited because it did not have to pay them as much in actual salary. This case is about greed and cheating, cheating on taxes, Hoffing just said in a 40-minute opening statement. The Trump organization paid their already highly paid executives even more by helping them cheat on taxes. A company lawyer, Susan Nichelles, countered that the company was being unfairly blamed for the actions of an executive, longtime finance chief Alan Weaselberg, who had essentially gone rogue and was now cooperating with prosecutors to save himself. Weaselberg, a major beneficiary of the scheme whose apartment, cars and grandchildren's school tuition were paid by the company, pleaded guilty and has agreed to testify against the company in exchange for a five-month jail sentence. Weaselberg's son and another Trump Organization executive were also accused of getting off the book's compensation. It started with Alan Weaselberg and ended with Alan Weaselberg, Nichelle said in her opening statement. When they say the Trump company, what they really mean is Alan Weaselberg did something illegal with the intent to benefit Alan Weaselberg, his buddy or his son, she added. Last week, 12 jurors and six alternates were picked for the case, but one alternate was dismissed on Monday. The tax fraud case is the only criminal trial to arise from the Manhattan DA's three-year investigation of the former president. It's one of the three active cases involving Trump or the Trump Organization in New York courts. If convicted, the Trump Organization could be fined more than $1 million and could face difficulty in securing new loans and deals. Some partners and government entities could seek to cut ties with the company. It could also hamper its ability to do business with the U.S. Secret Service, which sometimes pays the company for lodging and services while protecting Trump as a former president. Neither Trump nor any of his children who have worked as Trump Organization executives are charged or accused of wrongdoing. Trump is not expected to testify or even attend the trial. Let me tell you something. Hey, me want for him, team. This man is ironclad. Well, damn. Just Weaselberg. Started with Weaselberg. Go ahead, naturalist. He reminds me of John Gotti in New York, the uh, Ronaldo Mafia. Uh, they went up there so many times, so many trials, 
and uh, they're just going to get him. But finally. Teflon Don. Yeah, the Teflon Don. There you go. So finally, if they came, Trump Devil comes also. My word. Anything can go so um, naturalist? Really? Anything can really go so one man can murder. No, man. I need to get my coins up. I need his team. How is it that he is... I can't even compare him to a cat with nine lives. He's better than that. Wow. Everybody around him takes the fall for him. So you're going to tell me that Trump and his children did not know? Oh, they just see this man with this apartment, luxury vehicles, grandchildren, school fees paid, and it doesn't concern you any bit to say, let me see what's going on. Because <laughs> you know what's funny? We will work a regular nine to five job, barely struggling. And if you roll up in a, what is considered a luxury vehicle, right away they want to question you where you get it from, how you manage to afford that. They don't know if you live at home with your parents, they don't know if you have zero bills. They don't know if you have a man to support you or a woman to support you, but they're ready to investigate you. And this is just in a regular nine to five job. But look at this. And nobody cared. You know what's also interesting? This man who obviously has um, interesting business ways, can still make money from people that are protecting him. So in this article, you said he may lose his contract from the Secret Service, yep. right? Yep. And they're protecting him for the rest of his life. Yep. When, when, when different dignitaries come in to the United States, where do they stay? Trump Towers. So all the money he's making, right? That's why he can pay all these people to do things because he's making money even when he does nefarious things. Crazy. Wow. Crazy and interesting, okay? It's crazy and interesting. And then the other thing is, we got to be careful what names we give people. Because I mean, he was destined <laughs> to be a weasel. Okay, I'm just being funny, but yeah, okay, I yield. Thank you, Javette. <laughs> but Javette, let's not forget. So that where are you or is it me? Trump Hotel in D.C. That one is also getting a lot of people coming. Every time they come to town, they don't want us to stay at the Fairmont anymore. They want to stay at Trump's hotel. Yes, that 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 that's why his story is so interesting. This man is making money on top of money 
even while having bad business practices. Oh, boy. I mean... Go right ahead. Go ahead. You know, um, you, you, we, I mean, sometimes we can sit here and we look and we watch the news. When Trump says you're watching fake news, we need to believe sometimes <laughs> because the news that we're getting is not necessarily the news that we should be getting. Um, Donald Trump is when you see he has people like Rudy Giuliani on his side, we have to question who Rudy Giuliani, um, what's his uh, name? Giuliani. Rudy, Giuliani. Rudy Giuliani. We have to question because these guys were responsible for taking down John Gotti and all these people. These are not normal, everyday people we, that's in the news and because they are attorneys and this. These are not, these are mobsters. These are tied with the mob. So when you hear they say fake news, it's because the news that we're getting is not accurate. The news, what they're doing and the schemes that they're doing, we can't see it. So what, what's putting out there to us is um, have it in, on, fifth, on Fifth Avenue where his hotel is. Did you know that there is a little store in the bottom of his hotel? There's this, it's a, it's a famous department store, but he was trying to get he was actually trying to buy that store so he can build his tower and they wouldn't sell it to him. So what he did, he pushed them into selling him the air rights and he hand tied them to selling the air rights. So he built this hotel over the store. So if you go to Fifth Avenue, you look at the store, there's a department store right in the bottom, in the middle, in this big building. These guys are mobsters, man. So he, they're, as you said, ironclad. We can't, we, we just have to sit back and watch and see what happens because a lot of people are afraid. They're not going to come out and say, because when you have certain people against your side, um, Roger Stone, if you're aware who Roger Stone is, I mean, when you tell someone, when you're a star, you can do anything. You can see a woman and grab them by the, you know what, and you still can get ahead and you, and you weren't president yet. And you still became president. If Kanye West had said that it would have been hell. <laughs> you know, so so what we're seeing and what we're getting is is and is totally different from what's really happening. I I strongly um, I strongly believe so. Thank you, Peter. Thank you, Javette. Thank you, Sinead. But the Tower of Babel fell, right? Yep, it fell, and Marduk could not even save it. As powerful as he was, he was not able to save it. So, let it be known that his day will come. They also have a saying, what drop off a head, drop on shoulder. So if he dies before his day comes, his children will have to face the music. Because they are heavily invested. But what say you of a man who will bury his ex-wife on his golf course? What does that tell you? Hmm? What does that tell you about his character? Who he really is? But his mother Wait, warned... Huh? I'm so sorry. Yeah, I no, go ahead, Sonette. No, go he, ahead. He did, he did what? He his, buried his ex-wife where? 
on the golf course in New Jersey. Is it the one in New Jersey? Yeah. By hole number one. I did not know this. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> I tend not to follow up on his stories or stories with his family, like unless it's like Trump is going to prison. But that didn't happen yet, so I just stopped listening because he got off. So I didn't know that um, that that's where Ivanka. Yeah, yeah, Ivana, Ivana, Ivana. Yeah, Ivanka is the daughter. Excuse right, me, I get them two mixed up. Um, because he loved them both the same. But oh my gosh, I'm gonna stop speaking. I think if he could be with his daughter, he would be. Yeah, she is buried at the Trump National Golf Club, Bedminster, in Bedminster, New Jersey. Yeah, there's yeah. no more funeral plots. There was no mausoleum on the golf. Course. That was a tax move. Oh, eek, gross. Okay, I'm done speaking. Please continue. I apologize. It was a tax move, Sonnet. A tax break. Yeah, man, let me tell you something. That's the lowest of the law. To use your dead ex-wife to get a tax break. And his children are no damn better. To allow their father to use their mother as a tax break. His followers would call that love. Yes, naturalist, I agree with you. His day is going to come. Hard and fast. Well, folks, we need to buy more Powerball tickets because nobody won yesterday. The Powerball prize is now $1.2 billion. Well, if it's $1.2 billion, folks, and, you know, there's just one winner, you know you're going home with around four hundred between four hundred to five hundred thousand dollars based on what happened the last time, right? Remember? A couple when was it? Million million dollars. Yeah, four hundred million dollars. Five hundred and something million, yeah. Right. I thought I heard you say thousand. No, 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 no. Four between four hundred to five hundred million dollars is what you're gonna go home with. Um that was a couple months ago. Um yeah, because, you know, Uncle Sam is first up, right? <laughs> Ooh, hold up. Uh, hand me that suitcase right there with my money. Yeah, okay, you can get the rest now. You know, that's how it goes, all right? So it's still a lot because um, if one person wins that, let me tell you, uh, thank you, Javette. It's exactly $596 million if you take the money up front, which I would strongly recommend because when you die, you can't will lottery winnings to anybody so take your upfront cut and keep it moving leave the country if you can <laughs> go live stress-free somewhere else don't stay here ah uh, yep oh yeah the winning numbers for monday night 13 19 36 39 59 and the powerball number 13 yay 13 19 36 39 59 13 all right so let's get ready for the next drawing and the next drawing is going to be tomorrow night 1.2 billion dollars all right so if you don't have a ticket you don't have a chance okay
And that's it for stories out of North America. On the international scene, Stampede at Fali Ipupa concert kills 11 in DRC's capital. Story courtesy of aljazeera.com. 11 people were killed in a stampede at a packed concert headlined by African music star Fali at the biggest stadium in the Democratic Republic of the Congo's capital. And this is according to the country's interior minister. Interior Minister Daniel Aselo Okito on Sunday blamed the organizers for the death, saying the Martyrs Stadium concert in Kinshasa went beyond 100% capacity. Can they change the name from Martyrs Stadium? I don't like that name. Sounds destined for death. The stadium was packed beyond its capacity of 80,000. And some of the crowd ended up forcing their way into the VIP and reserved sections, reporters of Reuters News Agency at the concert said. Eleven people dead, including two police, the minister told reporters. He said he deplored the loss of human life and said the organizers must be punished. Security forces had earlier fired tear gas to disperse violent crowds in the streets outside the stadium, where many had gathered before the concert by Kinshasa-born Ipupa. The 44-year-old is one of Africa's leading musicians whose albums sell worldwide. So, of course, you know what I got to do. I got to look him up because I may have heard a song of his, but, um, okay, let's see. Top songs. Let, let's see if we can hear one. Let's see this one. Why is that? That song was putting me in the mood to go on vacation. Like, you know what? Put the headset down, turn off everything and go on vacation. Tout le monde les bras en l'air. Allez, pipa. What do you hear when you hear that song? So I'll say this. For everyone who thinks that Latin music originated in Latin America, you're dead wrong. It originated in Africa. All right. Pepa, pepa, ah, pepa. So that is a little sample of two of his songs, Fali Ipupa, if you want to check him out. But the sad thing is the deaths of these people. Now, something that is very concerning is the use of tear gas. In recent weeks, tear gas has been used, I think, in India and a couple more places, and the outcome was not pretty. People die they have to come up with a different way to address crowds, right? Now, if the stadium is that it can only hold a capacity of 80,000 and you know that this is someone that people want to see, they obviously love him, you need more security on the outside. And when the capacity reach, the capacity reach, it done, cut it off, lock it up, whatever. Who on the outside, they just got to go. Or, here's another recommendation. 
if there is an overflow section, probably a parking lot that you can use for that purpose where you set it up and then close it. So those who can't make it in can watch from outside on jumbotrons at a reduced cost. Or if there is another field close by that can be used, use that. I'm just throwing out ideas because we don't want to hear about people going to um, events and losing their lives, lives because of stampedes, overcrowding and all of that. Security forces, police forces need to stop using tear gas because the outcome is never a good one. Never. Morning. Good morning, James. Morning, yeah, they, they, they could have done two shows in the same stadium. You mean one you know, earlier like, uh, in the day or on a, make it a two-day concert or a three-day concert a, is what you a mean? A two-day. Okay. Yeah, be, because you see that, you see the, the, the pastor guy that I was talking about yesterday? Yeah. Um. In, yeah. If, if um, in full out the stadium, they're regular. And they have like two services. Okay. But yeah, that, that same pastor guy, that value, I think he value something like um, above 50 million euro. Some crazy amount is valid. Okay. Um, I was watching, yeah, I was watching um, a documentary um, the other day. They were talking about him. And the same thing that Afo was talking about, the, the portion that he mix up and have the, the, the poor people in my buy. Right. And yeah, like if he literally fills out the stadium and have like a morning service and an evening service. So just imagine 80,000 people, morning and then evening. Yeah. So, so that's but, a good idea too. Should have split it in two. But, yeah, they could have done that. Yeah. But what if it's a case where the, the artist cannot do both, right? So if the, I love that idea. But if the artist is not able to do both, there is an alternative. Have an overflow section, something else. But if, but isn't the artist from there? Isn't he from there? Yeah, but doesn't mean that he has to be available because they travel. What if he has um, dates to perform in other countries, right? No, but but it, it's his country, and he recently moved back there too. And and, and the same documentary, like he was building some some mansion in in this um, um, private community. So like he, he, I think he just moved back and and spending more time there. So. Yeah, it's his country. Like, he should have been able to do... But do you not understand... Concerts. Okay, when it comes to performing, right? Now, remember, we are looking at it and saying he should be able to do it, right? But not necessarily. You see what I'm saying? What if he is booked for another event the next day? He can't break that contract just because this is where he's from. He has to honor his business obligations, right? Because for too long, artists are getting a bad name for not showing up to events and promoters are getting the, the flack as well. So yeah, or what he could have probably done. And then again, we can't say because we don't know if he's the one who is funding the event, if he was booked by an agency to perform. So there are a lot of moving parts when it comes to events. You see what I'm saying, James? So it's a good idea, but we don't know all the moving parts. So we have to know shift to security how to make it safe for large crowds to enjoy themselves without 
worrying if they're going to make it home safe. Yeah. 80,000, a lot of people. I'll tell you that much. May their souls rest in peace. And our next story from the international scene, Pakistan approves deal to import 300,000 tons of Russian wheat. Story courtesy of aljazeeranews.com. The government of Pakistan has approved a deal worth nearly $112 million to import 300,000 tons of wheat from Russia to meet its domestic shortfall. The deal endorsed by the Economic Cooperation Committee on Monday comes as Pakistan struggles to balance its fragile economy and manage the aftermath of devastating floods this summer that killed more than 1,700 people and affected some 33 million. Under the deal, the wheat will be supplied by Prodinktorg, a Russian state corporation. Pakistan last imported wheat from Russia in July 2020 in another government-to-government deal for a million tons of the commodity. It is time for us to take another quick break. When we return, we will have business and tech news, also health and science news. So don't you dare go anywhere. Say, oh my God, I see the way you shine Take your hand, my dear, and bless them both in mine You know you stopped me dead while I was passing by And now I beg to see you dance just one more To all the listeners logged on to the Quality Music Zone, QMZRadio.com. For quality music while you work or play, log on to www.QMZRadio.com for that good music to get you through your day. Thank you to everyone listening online on JanoRadio.com. Download the Jano Radio app, J-A-H-K-N-O. It is available in your Apple and Google Play stores. Jano Radio, take us on the go. So don't call me up, because I'm here looking fine, babe. And I got eyes looking my way. And everybody's on my vibe, babe. Nah, 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 nah. Don't call me up. My friend said you were a bad man. I should've listened to them back then 
A big thank you to everyone here with me on Clubhouse. This is where the conversation happens. To my listeners online, if you want to chime in, download the Clubhouse app. It is available in your Apple and Google Play store. Come on over. Join the conversation. Don't call me up, I'm going out tonight Feeling good now you're out of my life Don't wanna talk about us Gotta leave it behind One drink and you're out of my mind Now I'm not together It is Turned Up Tuesday here on Coffee and Toe, playing some of my favorite songs. Hope you enjoy them too. I'm Moments With Me. You're listening to Coffee and Toe, world news on the go. We do this every Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern. This is where I read the news and we share our views. up right after attention from Charlie Puth, we're going to get into the details of business and tech news. Keep it locked. say thank you to everyone that took part in the breast cancer challenge that we had last month i'm saying thanks on behalf of tasha we thank you we thank you we did the 50 squats a day challenge i, I missed a couple days here and there i know I, I i'm not gonna stop though i am gonna continue the challenge and i hope tasha is gonna come up with another challenge for us for the month of november
past is karma, perfume regret. You got me thinking about when you were mine. And now I'm all upon you, what you expect. But you're not coming home with me tonight. You just wanna sense it. Once again, everyone, for tuning in to QMZRadio.com, JohnDoRadio.com, and thank you to everyone here with me on Clubhouse. It is time for us to get into the business and tech news. And we are starting off with this story, courtesy of Baller Alert. Costco recalling frozen breaded chicken patties due to plastic contamination. So Costco recalls a popular item after it was reported that pieces of plastic were found in the frozen, fully cooked, breaded chicken patties. The U.S. Department of Agriculture's Food and Safety and Inspect Food Safety and Inspection Services announced that the massive grocery store giant would be forced to package up to 150,000 pounds of chicken patty products. The plastic pieces were described as clear and hard, possibly sharp and causing an injury. Thus far, no one has been contaminated with plastic, but the recall has been classified as a class one hazard, meaning there is a reasonable probability that the use of the product will cause serious adverse health consequences or death. And that's according to FSIS. With an expiration date of August 11, 2023, Costco distribution centers were majorly impacted in Arizona, California, Colorado, Utah, and Washington. I'm say those states again, Arizona, California, Colorado, Utah, and Washington. Retail locations may have also been affected as the chicken was distributed to the centers during the summer. The the FSIS directs anyone with chicken patties from Costco to check the date and throw out the product. All right. Let me pin the link at the top so we have an idea what the package looks like. I should have done that instead of here dancing like I ain't got no sense. Let me pin it for you folks. So just in case. The Charlie Pugh, no less. Dancing with the Charlie Pugh. I'm picking on you. I'm going to Costco today, but I've never bought that product. So I'm, I'm safe. Yeah. Okay. So I pinned the link so that you can have an idea what the packaging looks like. It is, looks like it is extremely important that we protect ourselves and protect our families. All right. Next up, oil giant Saudi Aramco. Aramco has $42.4 billion profit in third quarter. Story courtesy of the Associated Press via WSVN Miami. Oil giant Saudi Aramco on Tuesday reported a $42.4 billion profit in the third quarter of this year. A 39-cent bump, wow, by the higher global energy prices that have filled the kingdom's coffers 
but helped fuel inflation worldwide. The oil firm's profits will help fund the kingdom's assertive Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman's plans for a futuristic city on the Red Sea coast, but also comes as the U.S. grows increasingly frustrated by higher prices at the pump, chewing into American consumers' wallets. Those tensions yet again have chilled relations between Riyadh and Washington before the November 8 midterm elections. In a note to investors, the predominantly state-owned Saudi Arabian oil company said its average barrel of crude oil sold for $101.70 in the third quarter, up from $72.80 at the same point last year. It's Aramco's second largest quarterly profit in its history. Just before its second quarter results this year saw a profit of $48.4 billion. It put its profit so far in 2022 at $130.3 billion, compared to $77.6 billion in 2021. It made $30.4 billion in the third quarter last year. While global crude oil prices during this period were affected by continued economic uncertainty, our long-term view is that oil demand will continue to grow for the rest of the decade, given the world's need for more affordable and reliable energy. And that's according to the CEO of Aramco, Amin H. Nasser. Yeah. Everybody else getting rich but us. Wow. Was it necessary for them to hike the prices up? No. You would still get to build your futuristic city. It just probably would take a little longer. I, I do have a problem when companies flaunt their profits, knowing that they garnered those profits on the backs of people who are struggling. Good morning, War. Go right ahead. Oh, so War probably opened by an error. Something, I, I don't know, I'd rather not hear the profits you made because I remember, so Nets, your what are your prices like in California right now? Have they gone down below $5? Uh, no, 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 no. They're, um, I have to go today, so I, I didn't pay attention yesterday. I was running around. Um, I don't know. It was last time, it was nearly 6 and six someplace. The last time I filled up it was six ten. So I don't know what it is right now if it's gone up or down. I just passed six nineteen here in LA. Wow. Okay, it didn't change because you had. I think uh, Dre. The last time when I said it was six ten, where I got it, you had gotten it for about the same thing. No, uh, the last time I got it for six sixty nine. Nineteen is it's around six twenty six nineteen in LA. And it's like five dollars, and yeah, like five fifteen in Vegas because I was in Vegas over the weekend. So yeah, so it's six nineteen in LA. That means that we're less here in San Francisco. We're just we always a little bit below LA. LA tends to be higher than the most high. But five dollars, Javet, is still high. If you ask me, that's ridiculously high. 
our prices have gone down to three dollars and change here in south florida well where i am at but come on man and you're gonna flaunt this wasn't it just a couple months ago we were talking about the struggle because of the strain on our pockets because the paycheck isn't going up electricity up water up food up and we have to make it work just the same property taxes don't even get me started because i don't know what the correlation is between property taxes and gas prices but that went up it was not necessary to bump prices up that you were able to make 39 percent above come on but um you know something it's time for the u.s government to sit down and have a conversation with Venezuela. They have oil. There is no need for us to be getting oil from the other side of the world when oil is right here. This part of the world. But you are holding hard and fast to these sanctions that you're imposing on the Venezuelan government. It is time for you to lift those sanctions because we need some kind of relief. Can we think about the people of your country, please? Give us a break. We need it. And then the Fed may have to blow up the economy to get inflation under control. This story courtesy of CNN. The Federal Reserve is most likely going to raise interest rates by three quarters of a percentage again tomorrow. It's fourth straight supersized hike. And it is still possible another rate increase of that magnitude could come in December. But the big question for many investors and American consumers is whether the Fed will send the economy into a recession with these massive rate increases. There are hopes that any downturn will be mild, but this is uncharted territory for the Fed, former central bank chairs Alan Greenspan, Ben, ben Bernanke, Bernanke, whatever his name is, and current Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen, never had to raise rates this many times in a row by such large amounts. It's unclear what all this tightening will do to the economy. The housing market is already starting to show some signs of strain. Bond yields have spiked due to the Fed and mortgage rates, which tend to move in tandem with the benchmark 10-year Treasury, have skyrocketed this year as a result. There is also a growing course of Democratic lawmakers in Capitol Hill who are warning Fed Chair Jerome Powell and other Fed members to slow down, slow down, pump the brakes with the rate hikes because they fear even tighter monetary policy will lead to a recession. But as long as the jobs market remains healthy, the Fed is probably going to continue to focus solely on its price stability mandate and ignore all that stuff about maximum employment. The Fed has got to got more work to do. The solid rebound in gross domestic product or GDP in the third quarter following two straight quarters of economic contraction may also quiet some but not all recession warriors. That could also prompt the Fed to continue its aggressive rate hiking stance, even if such a policy risks causing a recession down the road. I don't know. 
I really don't know. How much more can we take? We're bursting at the seams. We are bursting at the seams. Hmm. Ah, Marlon, you awake? Friday's football game made the news, Marlon, just popped up. Oops. So give you, here's what I'm talking about. So Friday, uh, my son's son, yeah, my two younger sons, their school had a football game, homecoming game. And there were some students, let me tell you something, the, the stands were packed on our side. Really packed. And of course, as always, you have heavy uh, police presence at the schools, games, um, at the park. But um, there are a couple of rowdy kids, I'm not going to lie. Um, some were throwing water down on other kids or a cup with ice, whatever it was. But there was some rockers to the left of us that, you know, I couldn't see because everybody was standing up. We couldn't see. But after the game, my son's friends said, oh, they took this guy out and they held him by the neck. Well, a 16-year-old boy who attended a high school football game at Tropical Park ended up under arrest after being asked to leave. And his father said the way the teen was treated by a police officer was excessive and unwarranted. Several videos posted to social media captured Miami-Dade schools uh, police officers escorting the 16-year-old from Friday night's game between Coral Reef and Ferguson. Roberto Leon Brennan pointed to a moment after his son had agreed to leave when an officer is seen grabbing the teen's neck and pushing him down the stairs. He grabbed my son by the throat and he literally flung him toward the steps, said Leon Brennan. The father said the officer's actions made him angry. I believe it was definitely, definitely over excessive. Leon said his son went to the game with friends from Ferguson. He was there originally cheering them on, but when they started, I guess, losing in the game, he started booing with a bunch of the other kids. Yeah, there was a lot of booing, I will say. Ferguson threw that game away. But anyway, the heckling and booing prompted someone to report them to Miami-Dade School's police officers. There were some parents who were not happy with the fact that they were booing the team, and they had the police officers come and intervene. Cell phone captured a female officer talking to the teens, then escorting Leon's son down the stadium steps. He was walking out on his own, and then the male cop just out of nowhere comes and grabs him by his throat and just flings him. Leon's son was arrested and charged with resisting arrest with violence and interfering with an educational institution. The concerned parent said he wants the officer to be held accountable. I've never put my hands on my child. I don't expect a police officer to do that, he said. I want a full investigation thrown into this. My son, he's 16 years old. You know, I mean, that kind of emotional distress that this is going to cause for him right now. I watched the videos over and over again, and like I said, the videos speak for themselves. He's there to protect our children, and I don't see how he's protecting them by doing what he did. A spokesperson for the Miami-Dade County Police Public Schools sorry, said they are aware of the video and are uh, reviewing this um, incident. Leon's son is currently on house arrest, and he is scheduled to appear in court on November 14th. Uh, yeah. What I read is exactly what was relayed to me by my son's friends. 
So nothing off hair. Was it necessary for him to put him in a chokehold? No. The ones who were throwing the waters, who were the water and the ice, who were to our right, they were escorted out. But they were that young man. Oh my gosh, he looked like he was about thirteen or fourteen. Um, they held him back. One, it was the coach, if I'm not mistaken, it was the coach that went for him and held him by his forearm and escorted him down the steps. But this other one. I mean, people boo at games, don't they? Isn't that what you do if, if the team is losing or if the other team scores and you're not happy, you boo? Isn't that what happens? What did I miss? Am I, am I wrong for thinking that the approach was excessive and unnecessary? But my thing, good morning, everyone. Good morning, Marlon. But my thing, though, and because uh, the police, them, was telling them to, you know, to relax because it was going around telling everybody to just calm down or whatever because they saw what was going to happen. My thing is, though, how many times did they go talk to him? We don't know. Did, the the they, police, okay, let me go back. He said the policewoman was talking to him. So his reaction from the talk is a possibility why they're trying to escort him out and to resist but Marlon, it, hold on, Marlon. But it says that he was leaving, right? And as he was leaving, that's when the cop grabbed him by the throat and flung him towards the steps. So he was already leaving. Okay, all right. Which is what, if we remember, that's what we were told when you remember when we met up with the, the his friend, um, our son's friends, because they were sitting. They, remember, they were sitting in front of us at first, and then they moved. So they were sitting on that side where it happened. Okay. All right. Let's see what happened. Um, if he went and grabbed him by the neck, yeah, that was wrong. Um, I don't know. How come they get resist, resist, resisting arrest if he was leaving, leaving peacefully? So I would like to see myself too. I want, so. Yeah, I got to ask my son when he gets home if he has it. Because I'm sure more than likely they have it. More than likely. Because if it's in circulation. Yeah. But is it necessary? This set aside. Is it necessary to grab someone by the neck when you're doing an arrest? I don't know. Does it? Does every situation warrant that? I don't think so. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. So, ah, oh boy. The other one was held by the hand. Why was he could have been held by the arm as well? But anyway, I'm sorry, folks. That just popped up. Sorry. Shonda Rhimes, Tony Braxton, and other celebrities quit Twitter following Elon Musk takeover. Multiple multiple celebrities have spoken out about Twitter's restrictions for hate speech and the uptick in the N-word since Elon Musk took over. And while the tel Tesla, I'm getting tongue-tied on that word today, CEO said he would not be reinstating any banned accounts or making major changes to the company's content policies until he appoints a content moderation council with widely diverse viewpoints, still, the takeover has emboldened trolls to spew out hate speech, raising concerns among notable names. 
LeBron James is just one of the many celebrities that have expressed concerns about the app's new guidelines. James tweeted on Friday, I don't know Elon Musk. I couldn't care less who owns Twitter. But I will say that if this is true, I hope he and his people take this very seriously. Remember we said this yesterday, right? Because this is scary AF. So many damn unfit people saying hate speech is free speech. Since Musk's takeover, several celebrities have exited the digital platform. Shonda Rhimes tweeted to her 2 million followers shortly after the takeover that she would not be sticking around for whatever Musk has planned before saying peace out, bye. Tony Braxton says she does not stand with the free speech or the excess free speech in the app since she has, you know, observed certain things. She has since tweeted hinting at an exit. Um, Alex Winter, the filmmaker and actor, changed his Twitter bio to not here and linked it to his Instagram page. Brian Koppelman, co-creator of Showtime's Billions, announced his reasoning for leaving the platform, saying, y'all's for real? Come find me over on Instagram and the talk. Gonna really try to take a breather from here for a minute or a month. Come deal close time. Sarah Barrales, I don't know how you pronounce her name, the Grammy-winning singer, tweeted her last tweet on Sunday. Yep, I'm saying you have to have some kind of measure in place. This hate speech is on, it's out of hand, truly out of hand. Well, in health news, five tips for coping with chronic migraines. A chronic migraine can make you feel as if all your senses are on high alert. Light and noise can be excruciating. When you move, you may experience the sensation that your brain is sloshing around inside your skull. When suffering from a migraine, some people find it impossible to communicate, let alone think. They may even become disoriented as a result. Chronic migraine headaches are characterized as migraines that occur more than 15 days per month. Some people have migraine headaches that last all day, every day of the month. Here are some coping tips for people who suffer with migraine, chronic migraine as well. Avoid food triggers. Food, the foods that cause headaches differ from person to person. Some dietary triggers are immediately apparent. If you develop a headache after drinking a glass of wine, it is likely that wine is one of your food triggers. Chocolate. MSG, which is monosodium glutamate, preservative-laden foods and sugar substitutes are also prominent food triggers. Many headache sufferers may be gluten-sensitive and should experiment with a gluten-free diet. Finally, headache sufferers frequently have a sugar sensitivity. Avoid caffeine. Did you know that caffeine may be the cause of your migraines? Hmm. Most people frequently fail to recognize caffeine as the issue because caffeine typically makes them feel better. The truth is that caffeine withdrawal is causing headaches. They consume caffeine and feel better, of course, but they need more caffeine two hours later. Get aerobic exercise. Regular aerobic exercise is one of the known techniques to help decrease stress, and it has been shown to aid persons with migraines. It is advised to do it at least three times per week for at least 30 to 40 minutes. They say there is a definite link between increased physical activity and fewer headaches. 
Some people claim they do not have time to exercise. Nevertheless, you must also consider the time missed when suffering from a migraine. If you want to improve, you must exercise. Here's another one. Stick to a regular sleep schedule. I have to work on that. Got to work on that one. A regular routine that allows you to obtain the sleep you need to operate normally around eight hours is vital for reducing the frequency of migraine attacks you have and alleviating their symptoms. Create a schedule that works with your natural rhythms. Maintain a consistent, relaxing sleep routine. Eliminate screen time before bed. I struggle with that. And probably most importantly, wake up at the same time every day. All right. So let's get ourselves on a routine. Let's try. Let's try. Let's try. And number five, try meditation techniques. Meditation, relaxation, and breathing exercises, and even mental health therapy appear to aid migraine sufferers. Meditation can be approached in a variety of ways. All cause you to pause and take notice. That is, you stop the flow of thoughts in your head and focus on one thing, usually your breathing. Meditation or mindfulness practice, as some call it, can help your response to pain, including migraine, if done on a regular basis. Headaches can be caused by stress, magnesium insufficiency, caffeine consumption, sleep habits, and nutritional variables. Keep a diary as your first step toward discovering your headache triggers. Keeping a headache journal will help you identify what causes your headaches and will assist your doctor in developing a treatment plan tailored to your individual condition. All right. So just some tips if you suffer from migraines and I'll just um, number one, avoid food triggers, avoid caffeine. Number three, get aerobic exercise. Number four, stick to a regular sleep schedule. And number five, try meditation techniques. Okay. Hope that helps. In sports news, Marlon, I forgot to talk about your team (laughs) yesterday. We ran out of time. But the Miami Dolphins, yep, they won their game on Sunday. Tego threw a go-ahead 11-yard touchdown pass to Mike Gusecki late in the third quarter, capping the Miami Dolphins' rally from a double-digit second-half deficit for a 31-27 win over the Detroit Lions on Sunday. Yep. The Dolphins, 5-3, have won two straight since Tego's return from the concussion, and the Lions, 1-6, have lost five in a row. So could it be that the Lions were just a walkover? It was a no-brainer. They would have won regardless, with or without Tego, considering the... um losing streak of the Detroit Lions? Mm, I don't know. I'm just saying, um, you can tell how much I really don't care for the Dolphins, right? I'm their number one supporter. Um, Up next, Dolphins play at Chicago. Lions will be hosting Green Bay. I'm calling Green Bay on that game. Who is going to win? Chicago? Chicago, that's the Bears. No, hold on. Yeah, that's the Bears, right? Am I right? Chicago Bears, yeah. Green Bay going to lose. Green Bay going to lose? Why? To the losing Lions? 
Yeah, Green Bay is losing. Green Bay suck. <laughs> What's their record, Marlon? What has their track record been since the series started? Three and something, I don't know. But um, Aaron Rodgers needs to retire. <laughs> How old is he? Oh, my gosh. Him, Tom Brady, Russell Wilson, they all need to retire. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're such a hater. <laughs> He's drinking some haterade this morning. Wow. <laughs> I mean, Tom Brady, I agree with. That's the only one, though. I, uh, although I don't watch football anymore, but I don't like Tom Brady. <laughs> he needs to go. I lost respect for him, Sonette, with Deflate Gate. But um, Aaron Rodgers is only 38, Marlon. Come on. It's retired. They, they all need to retire. They all give these young guys a chance. Coast these young guys up. You know, they... They're not, they, they can't take a hit. They, they're not playing good. You know, it's just time. You, you got to know when to give it up. I mean, you might love something so much, but you have to know when to say, you know what? It's not working out. Let me just go sit on the sideline and be a commentator or something. I don't know. Cope something. <laughs> but those guys, yeah, they, 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 they need to give it up. All three. So, Chicago, talk about them. What's up with them? Them bears, man. Come on, they okay. The thing is, no, um, Green Bay at the end of the day, Green Bay doesn't have any receivers. I don't know why they trade the receivers mm-hmm. at off season money, but they should have paid them because that's the reason why they're losing. Aaron Rodgers don't have anybody to throw the ball to, everybody throw it to suck. So, <laughs> oh, Jesus, Marlon, uh, you're going in on them today. That's the problem. So <laughs> they have to rebuild the old team. But yeah, Ham, Tom Brady, they they're not gonna make it. They, they won't make it to the playoffs. So okay. I don't know. I think it's I think it's gonna be a Philly. This is my prediction: Philly and Buffalo Super Bowl. Philly and so ooh, Philly. That's the Eagles, right? Eagles and the Bills. Yep, that's what I see right now. Oh wow. Oh wow! But that's two, isn't that two West Coast team, East Coast teams, Philly and the Bills? Um, somewhat, but it, it can happen. It can happen. Okay. Nobody from the West Coast, Marlon. Nobody. 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 Nah. No. Wow. Uh, I love my Dolphins, but uh, I don't think they can. They. They. <laughs> they Playoffs, but they, they won't make it to the Super Bowl. Marlon, I've known you for 20 years. And for 20 years, they haven't made it nowhere. Whatever. I will keep <laughs> I'm sorry. 20 years. What are they going for? A 40 year record? Hold on. They passed that. Catching my breath. <laughs> them bears going to destroy <laughs> dolphins. You know, bear like fish, right? <laughs> I know they're dolphins. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Marlon. I'm so sorry. I'm, I'm going to do better. 
one day, not today. <sighs> okay. Let me behave myself. Be nice. Be nice. Be nice. So Kyrie Irving says, I can post whatever I want in response to backlash about recent controversial social media posts. Who is Kyrie Irving again? Let's see. Speaking with the media on Saturday night, Brooklyn Nets guard Kyrie Irving addressed some controversial social media posts he made recently, courtesy of Baller Alert. A reporter asked Irving about a post he made last month of a video from conspiracy theorist Alex Jones. Irving denounced Jones and his beliefs about Sandy Hook, which Jones claimed was fake. But he said the video he posted was from the early 90s or late 90s about the secret societies in America of occults. He noted that he believed the video to be true. So I wasn't identifying with anything of being a campaignist for Alex Jones or anything, he said. It's funny. It's actually hilarious because out of all the things I posted that day, that was the one post that everyone chose to see. It just goes back to the way our world is and works. And I'm not here to complain about it. Just exist. Irving got into a heated back and forth with the reporter after he was asked about promoting the documentary Hebrews to Negroes. Wake up, black America. It is reported that the 2018 film is filled with anti-Semitic tropes. Irving denied that his post should be considered a form of promotion when asked about the backlash he's received following his tweet containing a link to the film's Amazon page. Can you please stop calling it a promotion? What am I promoting? Let's, let's move on. Don't dehumanize me up here. Irving explained that he could post whatever he wants on his social media and refused to discuss it any further. Okay, so you know I'm going to Google, right? Hebrews to Negroes, wake up, Black America. First time hearing about it. Anybody familiar with it? You, you know what? I, what I don't understand. Um, you know why is that anti-Semitic? <laughs> I don't. I don't get it because <laughs> it shouldn't be, huh? James. Because if you do the history of the word, um, it goes back to the the Semites. Goes back to Shem a descendant of the Hebrews out of Ethiopia. So I, I don't get it. But anyway. Um, yeah, because, yeah, because, and, and the thing is like, I don't understand because what they're trying to do, they're trying to cancel him now for that post. And like even watching the, the video, a lot of people are making the point and saying, so, so wait, so if this documentary is anti-Semitic, why is it on Amazon platform if it's such, you know, outrageous why is it allowed to be on the platform and why is Kyrie anti-semitic for telling his friends or his followers that go check out this documentary that's talking about um black history and um blacks in 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 the jewish faith like he it was it's pretty much talking about like um black people are the original jews so james i pulled it up for us all right so just on i went to amazon pulled it up a summary the book hebrews to negroes wake up black america touches on subjects too controversial for most authors to reveal to the people this book will expose the truths that have been hidden by the powers that be in america 
Since the European and Arab slave traders stepped foot into Africa, blacks have been told lies about their heritage. This was all by Satan's design, for he is the father of lies. There is an old stereotypical expression that says, if you want to hide something from a black person, put it in a book. Well, this is the book that all black people must read. Since biblical times, there has been a satanic agenda to destroy God's chosen people. This agenda still exists today and is carried on by man in many forms. Satan knows who God's chosen people are, but for centuries, we have been blind to this knowledge, even though it's been right in front of our face. After many years of research, the time has finally come for all black people to know the truth. Inside Hebrews to Negroes, you will find the answers to all the burning questions you have wanted to ask your parents, teachers, and pastors for years. It has been said that the mind has a strong drive to correct itself over a period of time if it can touch some substantial, original, historical base about itself. This time period is ending, and the truth, it is being exposed. Is this signs of the end times? The Bible says in the last days that knowledge will increase. It also says in the last days, saith God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Knowledge is the truth, and Satan's time is running out. Don't be left behind. Find out what's really going on behind the scenes as it relates to black America then and now. Afterwards, you be the judges to who God's chosen people really are and who Satan's army is really after. At the end of reading this book, I guarantee you won't regret it. You can get it on Kindle for $8.99, audiobook $0, hardcover $45.19, Paperback, $32.95. It's written by Ronald Dalton Jr. All right? So, check it out. Check it out. Check it out. Check it out. Yep. Yeah, so, moments. that's my point. Why, why are they trying to get this guy canceled for a book that is available to everyone on, 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 online, on Kindle, on Amazon, everywhere? And, and, and what's anti-Semitic about someone saying um reaching back and saying okay africans like black people have heritage in 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 um jewish heritage like i i don't get it you know <laughs> yeah it, it it just and 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 to me like that's the only thing that the the the, the one big takeaway that i kind of um thank donald trump for is exposing the media because they, they are so aligned, like everyone came out after this guy. And and people ask him, did you watch it? Before you say anti-Semitic, did you watch it? None of them that were on the plat on, the, on their platform on ESPN all over the place. Never watch it, never heard of it before. But they are calling this the, the his actions anti-Semitic. You know, like when you when you look at even even um in Israel now. They have this. They have this. Um, this ad. I don't know if you ever ever seen it. 
like if you, if you watch any Jewish um, channel, you'll see like an ad that looks similar to what they used to place um, for Ethiopians back in the days. Um, these ad asking for, for donations to help um, people that are suffering in Israel. And when you look at the video, every single person in that video is black. Every single person in the video is black. Like one of those, um, what do you call it? Um, I can't remember the name of the, those organizations that, like Food for the Poor or whatever, one of those big organizations. Um, and you hear the music playing in the background and you're like, oh, people are starving in Israel and they show you in the marketplace. It's similar to the Ethiopian video with the flies and everything. Um, so, so what is it about, like, this that's anti-Semitic that the, the man is talking about, you know, black people and their heritage in 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 um in the Jewish faith, and history. History. It it's almost like saying that, um, if like ten years from now they, they were saying like slavery wasn't a real thing, and if you come and say like, um, slavery is real, like you're going to be anti-white or whatever. That's how it's that's how it seemed to me. Oh boy, um, yeah, and believe it or not, news. I'm sorry, someone else wanted to say something, Marlon. Oh, go ahead, Marlon. Mm -hmm. Oh, you opened your mic. Go ahead. Oh, an error. All right. So, in believe it or not, news. A man says his supersized package cost him a new job. Courtesy of Baller Alert. An overabundance of literal big D energy has cost one British man his livelihood. Of course, I got to put this one at the top. I'm going to pin this at the top of the page. Oh, my gosh. Um. <laughs> I'm sorry for laughing. I do apologize. So, yeah. It's at the top of the page for my clubhouse, folks. Ah, while an extra large member may be good news for most women, according to a man named Joe, who elected not to share his last name for privacy reasons, his extra large manhood has left his life in chaos. In a documentary appropriately titled My Massive Sea, the man showed off his extraordinarily large baby maker, revealing that it measures about nine and a half inches and is thicker than my forearm. Joe shared that one potential employer snatched away a job opportunity because they believed he had an erection during the interview. The employer told the 22-year-old that they felt inappropriate behavior during their discussion was not suitable for their company. However, the tormented man explained that his bulging package was not in sport mode during the process, but in its flaccid state. A summer experience has now led Joe to explore a reduction surgery. As of now, Joe is forced to wear special underwear to keep it in place and prevent it from falling out and potentially scarring people. Another man featured in the documentary named Andy Lee also bears the burden of an oversized love muscle. But unlike Joe, Andy has embraced his third leg, making a career out of it. He has left his job as a plumber entering the adult film industry 
He sports an impressive 27,000 followers on Instagram and seemingly enjoys collaborating with those who can handle his 10 and a half inches. What is, he, what is his name in the film industry? The plumber? I don't know. But I, I didn't know that um, these things could be an issue. I, I'm clueless. Okay, man. All right, we're going to take another quick break. When we return, we have entertainment news. Call it love and devotion. Call it the mom's adoration. Foundation, a special bond of creation. Ha! For all the single moms out there, going through frustration. Clean bandit, China Paul, and Marie Sing McNamara. She works at night by the water. She's gone astray so far away from her father's daughter. She just wants her life for a baby. All on her own, no one will come. She's got to save him. Daily struggle. She tells him, Ooh, It is turned up Tuesday right here on Coffee and Tell. So don't mind me if you hear me singing or croaking every now and again. I don't know who I like more, if it's the song or if it's Sean Paul. But I gotta pull it up. Foundation, a special bond of creation. For all the single moms out there, going through frustration. Clean bandit, China Paul, and Marie Sing McNamara. She works at night, by the water. She's gone astray, so far away from her father's daughter. She just wants her life for a baby. All on her own, no one will come. She's got to save him. Daily struggle. She tells him, Ooh, love, no one's ever gonna hurt you, love. I'm gonna give you all of my love. Nobody matters like you. Stay up there. She Stay tells up there. him, Your life ain't gonna be nothing like my life. Stay. You're gonna grow and have a good life. I'm gonna do what I got to Stay up there. do. Stay up so there. rock a bye, baby, rock a bye. I'm gonna rock you, rock a bye, baby, don't you cry. Somebody's got you, rock a bye, baby, rock a bye. I'm gonna rock you, rock a bye, baby, don't you cry. Rock a bye. Rock a bye, rock a rock a rock a bye. Rock a bye, rock a rock a rock a bye. Single mama, you're doing out there. Facing the hard life without no fear. Just see and know that you really care. Cause any obstacle come, you well prepare. And no, mama, you never shed tear. Cause you have said things here and to year. And you give the youth love beyond compare. You find the school fee and the bus fare. Mmm, when the pops disappear. In a rum bar, can't find him nowhere. Steadily your workflow, everything you know. So you're not stop, no time, no time for your dear. Now she got a six year old trying to keep him warm. Come, my lady, 
my butterfly Sugar, baby Such a sexy, sexy, pretty little thing This April bitch, you got me sprung with your tongue ring And I Thank you to all the listeners logged on to the Quality Music Zone QMZRadio.com JohnNoRadio.com And everyone here with me on Clubhouse Where the conversation happens I'm Moments with me You're listening to Coffee and Toe World News on the Go We do this every Monday through Friday Starting at 9am to 12pm Eastern This is where I read the news And we share our views You can find me on Twitter At Me Media Moments On Instagram Moments underscore with underscore me underscore media and on tiktok moments with me media and the me in everything is mi You in essence, some kind of hidden essence to show me life is precious, and I guess it's true. But to tell the truth, I really never knew till I met you. See, I was lost and confused, twisted and used. I knew a better life existed, but thought that I missed my lifestyle. Wow, I was living like a wild child, trapped on a short leash, parole to police files. So, yo, what's happening now? I see the sun breaking down into dark clouds, and a vision of you standing out in the crowd. So, come, my lady, come, come, my lady, you're my butterfly, sugar, baby. Come, my lady, you're my pretty baby, I'll make your legs shake, you make me go crazy. Come, my lady, come, come, my lady, you're my butterfly, sugar, baby. Come, my lady, you're my pretty baby, I'll make your legs shake, you make me go crazy. Hey, sugar mama, come and dance with me. For my folks on Clubhouse, if you are not already following the club, Coffee and Toe, make sure you go ahead and click on that greenhouse at the top and join the club. Talking about butterflies in my head. I used to think that happy endings were only in the books I read, but you made me feel alive. And it is time for us to get into the entertainment stories. You don't get better than this, so butterfly, here is a Thank you for that one, Crazy Town. That was Butterfly by Crazy Town. First up. Diddy replaces Yee in Billionaire's Club and 2022 list of wealthiest hip-hop artists. Uh, coming up after this one, we're going to talk about actress Julia Roberts revealing some interesting information about the relationship between her family and Martin Luther King Jr. And rapper Takeoff, who is a member of the group Migos, shot dead. Ah, Diddy, 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 Billion, 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 Billionaire's Club. Diddy replaces Yee in the Billionaire's Club, courtesy of Baller Alert. The list is in for the wealthiest hip-hop artist in 2022. Former entertainer, entertainment editor at Forbes, Zach O'Malley Greenberg's list, which had a few changes from earlier this year, reveals that the five richest hip-hop acts have amassed a combined wealth of $3.8 billion. And I'm smirking a little bit because uh, last week, I had a conversation with someone and we were talking about um, this billionaire club and Forbes came up, right? Just chuckling based on that. Oh, I'm going depth, right? So that, that was an off the record conversation. But anyway, however, the most noticeable change is that the artist formerly known as Kanye West has been psh, booted from the billionaire status amid all the drama building up over the past few weeks. And Diddy now replaces Yee in the billionaire club with Jay-Z and more. So Jay-Z is said to have $1.5 billion. And do I believe these figures are skewed? Yes. So Jay-Z has $1.5 billion. When I say skewed, I mean he could very well have more. That's that's what I mean. Don't, don't, don't get me wrong. Okay. Um... 
Diddy, one billion. Kanye, five hundred million. At Gilbert Milam, four hundred and ten million. And Dre, Dr. Dre, four hundred million. But here's what is interesting about this. How all of a sudden, overnight, Diddy wasn't a, bil a billionaire yesterday, but you kick Kanye off today, and tomorrow, Diddy's a billionaire. Where did he get that extra money from all of a sudden? And then, if you're a billionaire, <coughs> whoa, if you are a billionaire, how you just lose the money so? <laughs> Stop playing with these musicians, people. Stop it. Yeah, that, that's what I'm saying. That's it. Corruption. Yeah, be, because um, the Kanye the, the thing is not like it's not like it was one billion. You'd understand if it was one billion because you'd say like, okay, some of the deals um, that he signed is like a ten-year deal, so um, the money is is not his yet. Like it 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 spread out over a ten-year period. But but James, they, should they, they count it if it's not yours yet? I don't think it should be counted. No, they shouldn't count it. No, no. But but they told us it was five somewhere above five billion. So how do you lose five billion dollar in one week? <laughs> That's what I can understand. Five billion. Or do you lose that in one week? But James, you know the Jamaican saying, don't count the um when you say don't count your eggs until them hatch. That's how I was raised. You can't count what you don't have yet. It's not yours. So don't call me a billionaire if I'm really not a billionaire. And then you have this public humiliation, and then it appears as though you're stripping me. Um <sighs> <laughs> You guys know my token billionaire situation. I've always spoken about the token billionaires. Um, I think Kanye was valued at three point something billion. Um, in in reality, though, um, his because the the deal that they say broke the camel's back was the Adidas deal. Um, he wasn't making more than. I don't remember the figure from the Adidas deal. But in in, in essence, um, this whole scenario of million billionaires, I don't know who else they have on the list, because Rihanna is supposed to be on the list. Um, and she was quoted as a billionaire because of her Fenty line. So I think what I think I just think it's just a token billionaire billionaire syndrome where um, these white people, okay, they can come after me. I'm not forget them. <laughs> <I'm> not <laughs> um, no, these white people that control the banking system and the financial system, um, they value people based on one. I tell you that the only true currency we have is is the intellectual property, property mm -hmm. which is your DNA which is your natural ability to produce. Um, outside of that IP, which IP is what they have used to, if you read Jay-Z's story, the reason why he's a billionaire is because of his IPs, right? The only true billionaires outside of that is a man who owned a gold mine that has physical gold ore, or the men that owned the 
oils, which are, these are, so there's two different kind of resorts. It's either your natural IP or physical um, resource, like whether it's gold, oil, diamonds, etc. right? Um, so in, in essence, they're playing game with black people. This is just a way to keep us in slavery, keep us enslaved, keep us chasing the almighty dollar that don't exist, um, having us selling our souls for Benz and Bima and Rolls Royce and Bentley and a big mansion. It's, it's, it's a system of aspiration to say, hey, if you behave yourself, if you shut the hell up, if you continue to worship us, if you continue to give us leeway to run the world, we will make you into a token billionaire someday. Because that's what happened. I think Diddy um, was just, it, it's just another way to humiliate Kanye. Because he and Kanye had a, if you guys remember, yep. he came out defending the Adidas thing and asking for a boycott. But then he and Kanye had a dialogue um, in Instagram in, in, that Kanye posted where they were chasing each other out and Kanye did it to leave him alone and the Jewish he said it to him like oh you're listening to your Jewish people that's what Kanye said to Diddy so I, I, I guess this is a reward for Diddy <laughs> a reward for Diddy I'm done <laughs> oh boy let me tell you something so all of a sudden so where did <laughs> can, can I say one thing to Michelle? Oh, no, Anil, may I ask you one question before you oh. say one more thing? So, did, so um, Diddy, where did he get these deals all of a sudden overnight that would propel him into the billionaire status? Did he get he anything had... new? No. So in essence, right? I believe, and this is weird. I believe Diddy has had more lucrative deals than Jay-Z and Kanye combined. Not sure what the details of the devil of the deal is. But remember, Diddy is Sirac. Diddy is Dillion. Diddy, um, Sirac, Dillion, Tequila, right? And remember, Sirac is a world-leading vodka brand. Dillion Tequila is one of the top tequilas. Remember, he also had his clothing line, which went bankrupt and come back and whatever, which was Sean Coombs. So Diddy was the one that was leading the way in business ahead of Jay-Z, right? So let me just say something else, right? And them can ban me off a clubhouse today. But anyway, <laughs> Ram, Ram Emanuel, the guy who helped Obama out of Chicago to become the president, Jewish guy. His brother, Ari, is the one that was running the talent agency that was signing all these deals for Kanye. Kanye is from Chicago. These guys are from Chicago. Right? And um, so if you start, if you look at the power structure that sits on top, the guy who owns Def Jam, Cohen, not a Jewish guy, Def Jam is the most influential, most dynamic music production facility in the United States. And they own a lot of the small labels. Then, right, and Def Jam 
came out of Island Def Jam, Chris Blackwell. There's some connection right, right back, right around there. Then these guys owned Live Nation. Live Nation owned Rock Nation, which is Jay Z. In turn, owns Tidal. Right? So I've always said to people be, be behind every single black millionaire. There is a group of white billionaires. Behind every single black billionaire, there's a group of white trillionaires. You can't escape the net. And if you don't do their bidding, I'm not even agreeing with or disagreeing with what Kanye did. I'm just saying, guys, if you're kissing these guys' ass, and if they tell you to invest in prisons, if they tell you to put your money into X or Y, have you ever wondered why Oprah had to go all the way to South Africa to spend her money? She was the wealthiest black person in America for how long? Have you ever wondered why Bill Cosby is in prison? Or whatever? Have you, I mean, did, 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 did Harvey Weinstein lost his massive film company in LA after being accused of raping women. So at the end of the day, the black casualty is we have bombed Wall Street 101 years ago and we have destroyed black economies. But in order to pacify black people, let us give their favorite sports stars and music stars billionaire status because we they worship these guys these are influencers and it will pacify them in believing if if jay-z used to sell crack on the side of the street and he's now a billionaire i could sell crack and become a billionaire too because one day there's hope some white guy is going to come and save me the white hope is going to make me a billionaire someday somebody's going to sign me somebody's going to and what they do is steal our intellectual property they'll give you five thousand dollar to sell out all your creative rights. Look at our little black boy in Jamaica. You're saying bolt. Point on a shoe and sell five million shoes, pair of shoes. Get all these major contracts. So when they give you saying bolt 10 million US dollars per year, Puma give 10 million US dollars per year. Black boy, shut up. Because nobody in Jamaica even believed that Usain Bolt be, could be this wealthy. I remember when Usain Bolt just started running and he had the ambition. He had people who tell him, temper yourself. You're not going to make that much money. Because we as black people don't even believe in ourselves. We don't even believe that any one of us can really make it without the white man or without the white dollar or without a contract from a white company. And... I know of a situation where this black hero, hero, as I'll call him, was signed to a brand, right? And won't call the name of the brand because I used to work for them. But when it was time for them to give him his own product, they didn't want to give it to him. You know why? We could pay him $2 million a year to be the face of our brand, use his, his IP, his image, his likeness to sell our brand all over the world. But if we give him his own brand, his own cuvee, he's going to make $20 million a year. So you know what they did? They stifled the product into oblivion. 
this is what black people are going through because we don't own economies. I'm not going to stop talking. I'm going to talk too long now, but... <sighs> <laughs> oh, boy. Um, not everybody is asleep. Some of us are paying attention. Some of us are looking at stories or listening to stories with one eye raised, just like the rock. Uh, something does... The, this puzzle is just not coming together quite right. Some of us are afraid to think beneath the surface. Some of us are just scared. Period. But it's time that... um. Pay attention. Just pay attention. Not everything is as it seems. Not everything is as it seems. Now, while we may be happy and say, you know what? Oh my gosh, just be happy for them. Are we just to be happy but not think about the ladder, the stones, the steps that they had to climb. We don't think about that, right? Because remember this, that I've said this so many times, no grudge, no man for what them have, because you don't know what they got to do. And I'm not saying any of these men here have had to do this, but I'm saying the industry, music, film, theater, the industry of arts, let's call it that. It's not all that it seems to be. It's not all glammed up and glittery and shiny and beautiful like a piece of Tiffany jewelry or that Yadro item that you have on your buffet or your break front. Or that crystal that you look at, and when you knock it, it goes ting. Mm -mm. It's not all that it's made out to be. And the question is, would you be willing to sell out to get ahead? Because that's what it is. You got to sell out. You have to sell out and keep going. And then when the Aladdin rug is pulled from under you and the magic is no longer there and you fall, boom. Where are you falling to? Right back to the pit from whence you rose. Right? So they have a saying, the higher a monkey climbs, the more he exposes himself. Don't be the monkey that's exposed in your desperation to climb that ladder. It is better to take 40 years and get to your destination than get there in four. Don't be a pawn in anyone's chess game. Think before you act. Think before you agree. 
Yes, you want to make your money to get to a point so that you can turn around and do certain things. But sometimes the route we take, it's not worth it. It's not. And sometimes it's better to not even reach the destination. Sometimes. Because what will it cost you? Whatever has happened has not only cost Kanye. It has cost those around him. It's not just him that is impacted. No. It's anyone associated with him, whether you want to believe it or not. And the other thing I'm going to say is don't allow yourselves to be puppets on strings. Don't do it. Ask for the gift of intuition if you have not. Ask for the gift of wisdom if you have not. Trust your instincts, folks, because a lot of times we get ourselves in situations that we could have avoided had we just paid attention and listened to that voice that was echoing in our air. Even before you take up the pen, and sign on the dotted line. Something says, whoa, slow down. Back up. Step away. But then you have everyone. Dave Chappelle spoke about this years ago. Remember when Dave Chappelle spoke out and they called him crazy? <laughs> you mean he ran. He ran from $50 million dollars. And everybody in the world said he was crazy. How can you be so stupid? Why didn't you take the contract? Why did you remember he ran away to Africa? Yeah. To escape the pressure to sign a contract to sell all of his IP to the system. And everybody thought he was crazy. Everybody. And I think one of the, I think one of the biggest things with Kanye the biggest thing I've heard subliminally in the conversations is he's crazy. He chats too much. Why didn't he shut his mouth up? See, he's now losing the Adidas contract. Why didn't he shut? Because in other words, you are to dumb down. It's like being on the plantation and the man that gets up and starts to revolt about Massa raping all the women. And they were like, shut up. Massa is good to us. Massa has given us food. <laughs> Great and the whole sli- yeah, the household, the whole slaves come out and carry back snitch mat news to the massa. Massa, Johnny's <laughs> running a revolt. They're trying to escape. How oh, are you so stupid? Where are you going to go? Where are you going to escape to? You're going to the north? Oh, you're going to the north, but Massa feeds us. Massa give us clothes. Massa maybe rape my mother and my sister, but <laughs> Massa is still good. Massa gave me permission to have that girl around the corner. That's the, the psychology. And it just says one other thing, you know. So what we want to say is this. If you're biblical, right? I'm not talking religion, but I can remember one of the scriptures that, I don't know the scripture, but one of the things that came to me, whether it's in the Bible or not, because it may be disputable, was uh, whether it's just a story that was told about the devil tempting Jesus, when him say, I can give you all of this, showing him the glitter and the glamour and the gold and the cities and all the brightness. If he bows down and serves him. If he bows down and serves him. Now, it's a very thin line because we're all human. And it takes, I, says, I, I say, take cash to care. 
we live in a world where we need money. You have to pay bills. You have to get light. You know, God. I'm not telling anybody to sacrifice themselves and become a martyr and live in darkness and live in a... I mean, if you can't, if you can't deal with living in a mud hut without electricity and, 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 and internet, I'm not telling you to go do that. There are some people who are willing to do that. There are some people who are willing to live off the grid and eat off the land, right? Some people are going to say you're crazy to do it because how could you give up all these nice amenities, leather chairs and da-da-da. The point, though, I'm saying is where does it stop? Where's that thin line stop? We talk about greed in corporate America and just corporate globally where companies are making billions of dollars in profit just to feed the hungry souls that's off, that, that just want that stock. The thin imaginary money that doesn't exist because you buy a stock today in a brand. I'm a marketer and I can tell you brand value is a perception. That's what it is, a perception. The nicer you make the Benz logo look, the more shiny it look, um, the more you have people believing in it, that's what adds to the brand equity that you and I buy into. It's a numbers game. If one million people loves it, then one million people will spend one dollar to buy it. Then you multiply that one dollar by ten, and it turns into ten million dollars. To buy something that one of us dream up. But you don't want to pay the black man when he has the genius to dream up a brand. But if a white man builds that brand, it, then it is sustainable. We live in our crazy world. <laughs> yeah. So Dave Chappelle, Dave Chappelle spoke his truth. And he said that he was caught between a rock and a hard place, pretty much. Not those exact words, but that's what you get from what he was saying. He had a family to feed. He had a child. And as he was sitting at the table and all these white people around him saying, yes, yes, it's a good deal. Sign it. And hence, never do anything in desperation. If your faith is as small as a mustard seed, as long as it's unwavering, God will make another way for you. Try your best to avoid falling into the snares that are set. And then Jilly posted something in the chat, which is so true. And I remember I saw clips of this interview and another interview, which was more recent since Kanye had the issue, where let us not forget Sway from Sway in the Morning show told Kanye he didn't need Adidas. And Kanye went on a tirade about Sway not having the answers. Well, turns out Sway had the answers. You see, we, we, it goes to cement what you just said, O'Neill. We need to stop looking outside for the answers. And we have said this over. This is like beating a dead horse. Look within. But the problem that we have is we have a Burger King mentality. That's our problem. We want it right now. Our way, right away. But guess what? It's not our way. It's their way. Right away. Their way. Right away. And the unfortunate thing is that 
we have this mentality that if someone is trying to guide us and say, whoa, I hate them, I hate Pan Wei. They're just hating on us. They're just, no, it's not all the time somebody's hating on you and is jealous of you or envious of you. And I know it's like a needle in the haystack to find genuine people, people with real concern, but they're there. And that is why it's important for you to tap in with your intuition. L block out the noise and learn to listen to that inner voice. It's guiding you. It's there for a reason. Right? There for a reason. In our next entry. Oh, I'm sorry. Someone was going to say something. I do apologize. Someone else had opened their mic. Okay. Actress Julia Roberts reveals Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. paid for her family's hospital bill after she was born. They helped us out of a jam, she said. Story courtesy of Fall Alert. On Friday, Barack Obama's strategic advisor, Zara Rahim, shared a clip of Julia sharing the information to commemorate her birthday. The clip is from a conversation Julia had with Gail King back in September. In the interview, Julia recalls MLK Jr. and his wife, Coretta Scott King, helping out her family, who could not afford to pay the hospital bill after her birth. The King family paid for my hospital bill, Martin Luther King and Coretta, Julia said. They helped us out of a jam. Julia shared how the two families became acquainted. While segregation was in full effect, Julia's parents opened the doors to their acting school in Atlanta, and welcomed the king's children. One day, Coretta Scott King called my mother and asked if her children could be part of the school because we, they were having a hard time finding a place that would accept her children. And my mom was like, sure, come on over. According to Julia, after the king's children joined at the school, the two families became good friends. Elsewhere in the interview, Gail praised Julia's family for taking a stand against segregation. In the 1960s, you didn't have little black children interacting with little white kids in an acting school. Your parents were like, come on in, and I think that's extraordinary. And it sort of lays the groundwork for who you are today. And then our next story, hence the title for the room today. Um, <laughs> Ms. Me said, when did she share this? Once being in support of black people became cool or LOL just curious. This was a recent, in September, I think she had to sit down with um, Gail King, but this story just came out on Bala Alert yesterday. This is so sad. Rapper Takeoff reportedly shot and killed during Dice game in Houston. Multiple reports, including confirmation by inside sources, say rapper Takeoff has passed away. Takeoff's real name, Kirshnik Kari Ball, and I hope I didn't butcher his first name, was 28 years old and one-third of the hit rap group, The Migos. The artist was in Houston with fellow Migos rapper Quavo on November 1 when the tragic killing occurred. Authorities received a call after 2.30 a.m. local time about a man shot at 8.10 billiards and bowling in Houston. According to TMZ, Takeoff and Quavo were engaged in a dice game with a few others when an altercation began. At some point during that, 
someone opened fire and takeoff was shot in or near the head, per TMZ sources. Officials pronounced the 28-year-old dead on the scene. Video footage online shows takeoff lying on the venue floor with blood pooling underneath his head. A distressed Quavo and others surrounding the rapper attempted to take to move takeoff's unmoving body. However, seemingly at the urging of someone nearby, the group decided to leave him on the ground. In the video, Quavo is seen pacing and yelling his friend's name and the words please and no. At this time, reports say Quavo did not sustain any injuries. However, bullets reportedly hit two additional people. Private vehicles transported the injured people to the hospital. About an hour before the 911 call, Takeoff shared a photo of himself to his Instagram story, confirming his presence at the bowling alley. A series of text messages circulating online claimed that Quavo was the person engaged in the dice game while Takeoff was standing nearby. However, the Shade Room cannot confirm the validity of the texted account at this time. Police have yet to announce any suspects or arrests in the case. The story is still developing. <sighs> yeah, I've heard that, Sula, that he is the one who minds his business, drinks his water, minds his business, that he's the quietest one in the group. Um, Just this weekend, I was talking to Marlon, and I was saying something is wrong. I don't, I don't understand what's going on with the young rappers at least one to two a month at least i'm gonna say this when you're at a location don't go live record whatever it is and then after you leave you post it don't go live now, I don't know if the person who did the shooting was um, there, with, went with them. We don't know. More details are to come. But I'm just giving this general tip. Do not post up where you are until you have left the venue. Don't do it. It's for your own safety. All right? They were playing a dice games, something they probably did play all the time. Yeah. So somebody just get upset over something and start. That's just you can't even have fun anymore. That's just that's just stupid. Nobody knows how to have fun, Marlon. Everybody just take everything personal. Nobody can stand losers or whatever, whatever the issue is. But you had a game, dice game, trying to have a good time, you know. Well, we all know dice games. Most of us know dice games is gambling because you make, you know, people play, make money from it. But it's fun as well. You know, so it's, that's just ridiculous. I hope they catch did it, so. How far could the person have gone, you know? I don't know. Hmm. Thankfully, the other two people are still alive. Thankfully. But what is it, the need? So they don't check you when you're going into a bowling alley in Texas? You're allowed to carry a weapon into a bowling alley in Texas? Nah, they don't check you anywhere, I don't think. 
unless it's a club. Go ahead, Mr. Um, no, let me just say no. And guys, remember it's Texas, so they yeah. have open carry here now. So, um, there are specific places that you're not supposed to bring your gun. But since they changed the open carry laws, I have not went back to double check. Most of the time, the places that you can't bring it, they'll post up outside and say that you can't. But I still go by what I learned as far as it can't go in the mall, can't go in the library, you can't bring it in the school. But if you could walk in Walmart with the gun on your hip, I'm sure you can go in a bowling alley and do the same. Yeah. So thank you, Javed. I'm going to say this, and it may rub some of you the wrong way. We're killing each other more than whites are killing us. And what are we going to do about it? We have no conflict resolution skills. We don't know how to walk away. Remember, wasn't it last week we read the story about the young lady who was killed over a basketball game because the, the man killed her because he lost and you know how people you know run their mouths and thing he couldn't take it so he killed her his friend killed his friend not a stranger his friend every day we are killing each other and i am waiting I am waiting to see when we are going to have the same energy about us killing each other that we have when a white person kills a black person. Where is the energy? Why is it that nobody, everybody's nonchalant? Oh, it's us killing each other, so we're good. Why is it okay? Because that's the message you're sending to me when nobody says anything. It's okay. That's how I feel. And you can tell me if I'm wrong to feel that way. I see on the news here, blacks killing blacks down here in Miami. And nobody's protesting, saying, stop it. The only thing they do down here, MLK weekend, is wreak havoc with guns up. Uh, what guns down, wheels up and create havoc in the streets, become a menace to society, riding their bikes on the, on the highways and in streets, blocking streets in the opposite direction, putting themselves at risk and putting other people's lives at risk. And that is nothing if you ask me. They might as well stay their asses home because they're not accomplishing anything. So what am I missing? Why we don't have a voice when we're killing each other over senseless things? You know what I think, Michelle? Did we grow up? Do we grow? Up, we grew up. We grew up on. Um, we grew up on watching cowboy and Indian, right? Movies. I don't know how much. Probably westerns, right? Every Louis Lamour, and I've read maybe all of his books because he was one of my favorite authors growing up. I used to read these Louis Lamar books and the Wild Wild West, where white men killed white men every day. The fastest trigger man and who can pull the gun the fastest, and Billy the Kid and all these things. I don't think crime and people killing each other is new. 
I, what I think, so I hear what you said a while ago, black and black crime. And I, one of the reasons why, I, I don't know who spoke about it a couple of days ago in this room, why I don't buy into this black and black crime scenario is because people don't, I don't think, people that are socialized, I think socialization has a lot to do with who you are, your temperament, all of that stuff, right? Um, the, the, the Western movies glorifies the fastest trigger man. And this is what they fed us to culturally, right? The gun culture in America glorifies the Second Amendment, the right to bear arms, right? What the problem is with the black community is that how did the guns get there in the first place? That's one. Who makes the guns? There's no black community that owns a gun manufacturing plant, right? So when it wasn't guns, it was fistfights because people always have altercations. The coke, the crack cocaine, the drugs in these communities, the, 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 the jealousy that is infused in all of that, mixed into all of that, the distrust, I don't like you, I don't trust you, you are getting better than me, you're going to crab in the barrel mentality. These are all uh, um, social factors where a lot of these black people are socialized to think this way. It's a dead-end street. It's either me or you. It's two of us can't get wealthy together. All of us can't make it out of the ghetto. All of us can't make it out of the inner city. We're not all going to buy houses. So I have to kill you. So me survive is better me than you. That All of that is only going to be solved when poverty. Poverty is the biggest crime. And I'm not talking about poverty because somebody gets some money. Because I, I, I said this before. Whether it's in the United States or in Jamaica or wherever, there are many black men that has had room full of money, cash. But if your wealth is not tied back to assets, land, value, business, brands, you are broke. So poverty is the crime. Scarce, the fight for scarce benefit and spoiled. Because if I can't have it, you can have it as one loaf of bread. They're going to kill you for it. That zombie thing where we're seeing the Acropolis where people are eating each other, we're seeing it now with black people. So if we go to black people, we're seeing it now with us because we're socialized to think that it's either you or me and it's better you than me, one of us. If I'm above the ground, I have a chance. So I'll take your life out. So I have a chance. I have a better chance if you're dead. That's the psychology that needs to change. So let me ask you something, O'Neill. All of us in here are sitting down. And we're all presented with a gun. We're all sitting at a table, right? And a gun is placed in front of each one of us. Do you have to take it up? Who is telling you you have to pick it up? Whose choice is that? Yours? Isn't it's the it? Individual, the individual okay. attacks, yeah. Right. So you can bring the guns into the community, but it doesn't mean you have to put it back, take them up. You could send them right back out. 
So we made the choice to pick it up. Right. We made the conscious, <laughs> conscious choice to feel <laughs> that pulling a trigger is the way to resolve an issue. We, we don't have nobody to blame for that part but ourselves. Because I put a gun in front of you means you have to pick it up, O'Neill. No, is that so what you're me, telling me then? No, so, so if, if all of us is in this room and some guns is placed in this room and I'm thinking all of us, none of us may take up one of that gun. You know why? Because... We are here and just, and I'm using exactly all of us and our ability to think and reason. Education. Education has a lot to do with knowledge. Knowledge is not just the English and math. It is being educated, worldly, understanding life, the ability to reason about life. But listen to this, right? The psychology, the, 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 have you ever seen them taking guns in jamaica they don't carry guns and put in narbrook they don't carry guns and put up cherry gardens black people live there they don't drop guns on the corner of every home in the suburbs because the mentality and the psychology of those people is different from the person who they already remember they have already starved you you're already hungry you already don't have proper clothing heating you don't know where the next meal is coming from. I, that's a different psychology, um, Michelle. Those people have already been broken. So you break them first. You, 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 are, you make them, they have grown up seeing their mothers crying and can't feed them. And then what they do is they dazzle all the wealth. What a Jamaican DJ said best. When you live in a project and when you look across the street, you see um, a mall that has um, Hublot and, 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 and um, Apple and all these expensive stuff. The mall is not very far. You can walk to the mall. You window shop a couple of times and... You can only think that the only way I can have one of these watches is to rob it, is to steal it. Right? And with that said, that psychology of I, the only way I can get it, if I had a gun, I would have some power, I could rob that man. <laughs> so it's either they're going to turn the gun on robbing for material stuff, or is who is in their own environment that now becomes a threat. Everybody's a threat. It's a dog-eat-dog -dog world. It's better you than me. It's either you or me. And if I don't take up the gun, somebody can take up the gun. And you don't even know where the gun is coming from. Who you get returned it, Michelle? Who you get returned it to? <laughs> yeah, you take up the gun, say, you can't go to the police station. They're going to lock you up, potentially, depending on what state you're in or what the gun laws are, for having access to this armory of guns so it's it's the it's 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 a little bit deeper a little bit deeper it's a little bit deeper i don't know if anybody else <laughs> have any thoughts around this but it's, it's i agree <laughs> yes chief speak up yeah i agree can you hear me loud and clear oh wonderful yeah, I, I have to agree. I, I agree with you two moments. I mean, I understand your your perspective, right? Because our environment dictates our perspective.
but those people who actually live in the poverty that Neil is talking about, that's where that's where it's happening at, right? And then you got people who are exposed to that element who or who left that element and elevated to become an artist or whatever else, but they didn't leave the ghetto behind, right? And they didn't leave some of the some of the problems they created when they were in the ghetto behind. You know, and just using the example you gave, if we were all in the same room together and we all had guns and we all lived in a violent community, you tell me what would happen because it's likely that one of us gonna have a relative or a child who may kill one of our relatives or children because they 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 are in a system that constantly promotes and glorifies violence nonstop. Whether you know, and God, for, I mean, it's, it's a problem that we got so much technology where kids can expose themselves to all of it. Like, think about what these events when these people have fans and they get into arguments about. You know, oh man, that person should have died. They needed to die, and then you, you then then the fan is mad, and they friends, and they may actually go hurt each other over over an idea of a person, not an actual person. But the, but to you know, Neil said it best. He said, you know, we there is much deeper than just black on black crime. We we most of us live in communities where a crime is allowed to happen. Right. Like how, how is it? How is a cop able to drive past a, a trap house? Right. Or an opioid uh, uh, house. How, how can you drive past it every day knowing that it exists, fully knowing that it exists? Right. So you have what we call blight people who want to take possession of properties. So they allow crime to exist. They allow crime to Malcolm X said it a long time ago. He said, if you grow up in a neighborhood that is poor, you'll most likely have poor education. If you have poor education, you're going to end up with a poor job. Then you're going to end up moving back into that poor community and poor communities will always and forever hold crime because you have people who are desperate, who live in those communities. And, and a lot of the people who own firearms are people who are trying to protect their property. The problem is that children get exposed to it or they get exposed to an element of bullying because it's not like bullying gets looked at the same way in our community that it does and especially in our school system that it does in white school systems right you got you got folks you got white folks who go to court and can get off much easier than we can and have their record expunged and you'll never know black kids will never have that privilege right you'll never have that privilege unless you're part of some masonic order or some other thing that gives you some some level of privilege but the reality is that's what we're dealing with and it's not simple cut and dry you know like when you i think i said this before we use the term hold on one second yeah we use the term black on black crime as if people are conscious of what it means to be black right that that's a big problem because it means we're really not conscious of the reality that our children have we always talk about it our children don't learn nothing in school about about themselves so if they're not learning anything about themselves what does it mean when you say black on black crime it means absolutely nothing it means nothing it has no value so it, it falls on deaf ears it means something to us because we have some level of awareness but it's by design that our children are not taught and now you have critical race theory ban that's going to guarantee that our kids don't know nothing so it's up to the parents to be the primary teachers you know so i'll end there Thank you, Chief. Thank you, O'Neill. Um, you know, 
I, I, I'll say this. Um, I definitely appreciate the perspectives. And as I'm looking in the chat, Ms. Me said something, which I, I understand. Stealing to have and stealing to survive are two different. Are you hearing me? hope you're hearing me. I have the red bar. Yes. Okay, yes. good, good. Thank you so much, Javette. So Ms. Me said something in the chat. Stealing to have and stealing to survive are two different things. I also remember the saying, someone raised on love sees the world different from someone who is raised on survival. But I'm also aware of people who have come out of those circumstances who were able to pull themselves up by the bootstraps and make a decision and say, I don't want to be here. I don't want this kind of life. So I'm going to work really hard to get out. To get my family out. There are people who have come from nothing, who did not rely on <laughs> those folks to be where they are, but worked and worked and worked really hard to get out. So then, is it that only some are able to think like that and the others no? Or again, is it a choice? I know, I know. We're, we're Delta Hand of Cards. Anybody here play Kaluki? The card game Kaluki? All right. Um, so we're dealt cards. You have how many? So many rounds, right? And the goal is to be the first one to come down, meaning the first one to lay all your cards. And then failing that, the first one, uh, no, better than that is to come down and out which means you lay all your cards and the last card you throw out, that means you win that round. And everybody else has to count up the number of cards they have in their hand, right? And you go on for a number of rounds. So we don't know the cards we're going to be dealt in life. We really don't know. But we have a choice. We can either try to see how we can change the hand we're given but at least try i don't think some people are trying you have some who come out and they made it out because of their determination their consistency their belief their their foresight their vision so what happened to everybody else because at the end of the day we're never going to have a perfect system that's just the truth. So we have to face the reality of what the cards that are laid out before us and find a way to play the hand so that we can come out a winner and not a loser. And by when I say we're a loser, we're dead. So what is the difference within the same community where some can make it out but others don't. What is the difference? Please help me understand. Yeah, moments. You using the card analogy, like you know, you could be. All of us could be in a game, and we're we're um, dished like different cards. 
but the, the reality is that there there are just certain hands that um cards that you you're 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 dished out that you just can't win with <laughs> like right. just, it's, it's just impossible so i i just believe going ahead with it with that analogy that that's just it in in certain communities because i would like to look at um, lack of education, lack of knowledge like this. Like, if I should get up now and travel to the Philippines and go to some rural part of the Philippines where nobody speaks English and they don't even speak the main language, could I survive in that era? Like, could I survive there? Because I, I don't know. And that's what lack of education feel like. You know, just imagine walking the street, seeing the big street sign, like, we'll use Jamaica. Walk into half a tree, see the sign, welcome to half a tree or whatever, and you don't know what it means. Um, so a lot of people, because I grew up with people like that, and I think I, I, I told it before, like I, there's an incident that I saw when I was about 10 years old or, or so. This man that lived next door to me um, brought home his co-workers to have sex with his 11-year-old daughter for money. That is what lack of knowledge, lack of education. If you can be in such a dark place in your life where you're damaging yourself and damaging the, the people that are closest to you, that you're supposed to love and cherish, what, what are you going to do to strangers, you know? So a lot of these guys you see in, 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 in some of the inner city that are doing stuff, it's just, trust me, like, some of the hand that they're, they're, that they're given, it's, it's hard. It's hard. Like I've I've been beside some of these people, and it's 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 hard. You know, like and and it's just unfortunate that, you know, like as as a people, because like our African our African background, um, wasn't is not um thing on dependent on 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 a system teaching us, our African heritage. You know where the Anansi story come from. The Anansi story came from the village. That's what old Anansi story got popular rise in, in the Caribbean because it's coming from Africa. It's 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 um the village raising a child, like the, the village coming together and, and empowering our people. So like in our system now in North America, in in in, in the Caribbean or wherever, that we have to depend on a a system, a colonial system set up to educate us, to teach us about our own culture, it's unfortunate because we're coming from a culture where, you know, it's the village, the, the, the African um, term that they use, um, griot, that, 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 that we're library, the, the, the whole um, concept of library came out of teaching each other in our community like, like, a, like a walking encyclopedia of all the information the elders in the community passing it down to generation to generation. And it's just unfortunate that we're so broken in this colonial system that we're just walking around like headless chicken and <laughs> and killing and killing each other. Cause cause you have to understand when um um the whole idea, Marcus Garvey, of emancipate yourself from mental slavery. When people hear that in Bob Marley song, you're like, oh my gosh, this is like nice word and it's music it's not music it's power he's pretty much saying like guys wake up they take off the chain why you think they take off the chain they take off the chain off your hands because they know they change your mind 
So take the chain off your mind, you know? Th that's what it's pretty much saying. But unfortunately, and, and, James... It's unfortunate. Unfortunately, yeah. James, I'm glad you brought up that song, because. but unfortunately, we sing the song, we sing it to know, we know the song word for word. You put on the song right now. I guarantee you all of us in here can sing that song word for word. You carry that song into a dance, people will sing that song, hold their hand up word for word. And then leave the dance and kill one another. Because, because um, I think I think there's a nexus between. As we use the word education, I say the word education is loose loosely. Because you have brilliant thieves, you have brilliant murderers. Um, I think there's there we have to couple education with socialization, right? Um, we have to look at. When you when you look so for example using the example that um, James used I don't speak French and I've and I've gone to France alone without a chaperone knowing nobody <clears throat> and I get around I don't understand one word in French I don't speak Spanish and I've been to Dominican Republic and walk around and sometimes I'm immersed in a room of persons all speaking a language I don't know um, but. If you have morals, scruples, and, and if you're smart enough, you still can communicate and you still can find a way to get around and, 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 and to communicate. So somebody going to Singapore in the, in the most rural area, if that person have no formal training of how to socialize and communicate and understand uh, just basic communicational skills and maybe common sense skills, right? If that person is a thief or was trained, um, socialize to, to just rob, rape, and thief, that's what they're going to go to that rural community and do. They're going to exploit. They're going to manipulate any weakness. So I think socialization is critical because... Somebody, I never grew up in Tivoli or Denham Town or any of those communities that are inner city communities in Jamaica, for example. Um, I've been into those communities as a teenager as a, and as an adult. Um, I've had conversations with people from these communities. I know people that have made it out. And, 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 and I'm, I'm not here to bash anything um, in the realm of sexuality, but I have had friends who told me that the deals they were given to get an education compromise what they were even taught to be morally correct. And as an adult, when you, when you, as a businessman, when I did business with somebody who's supposed to be principal of some schools and you hear them talk, some stuff that I was exposed to. It, it, it tells you about the fabric of socialization and what is being taught, what is subliminally being taught to these kids, or the double standard. Because again, it re I believe it really comes down to these suppressed communities. Everybody loves their mother, especially Jamaicans. We love their mother. But as boys, we love their mother. Girls too. You know, girls, them say girls tend to love fathers, but whatever. But just imagine a young man born, him grew up, him see mother being abused. I, I say it somewhere, I don't know if it's here, about the song Bedroom Bully and why Shabba ranks write that song and what that song means. 
we sing it in jester. We think, oh, it's folklore. But in reality, it was saying, my daddy was a bedroom bully. Most of these kids lived in one room. Or what the word bully means. Right? So if it's not your father, it's your stepfather, or whatever. So you're seeing abuse as early as one month old, two months, one year old, two year old, three year old. Then you come out of that system. You see your mother being abused. Right? Verbally, sexually, mentally. Right? Then you go on the road, and what you're seeing is the, 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 the baddest kid on the block, the teethiest little boy up on the block. He's the one that, because sometimes he's smart enough to know how to trick and how to slick with words. It's, it's a culture. It's a culture and it's about socialization. So you're telling a child who was taught that his stripes was a particular way, right? They've developed eight to five of him intelligence by the time he's six. You're telling him as a 10-year-old, a 13-year-old, a 14-year-old that he's to unlearn all of what he has learned. And you're not even giving him the tools of hope and aspiration how to do it. You're not creating channels that allows him to even take a different pathway or see clearly a pathway. Then somebody can drop gun into the community. Um, it's either me or you. Because I may not like guns. But if Paul have the gun, and Paul is already a bully, he's ten times more powerful I prefer, I prefer, I have the gun. And as young lady say about stealing to have and stealing to survive, a lot of the punks, nerds, quiet, if, if you look at some of, the, some, of the, some, some of these people that become criminal elements and if you look at their life, they'll tell you, look at even the, the Malva guy, the Jamaican guy that was out on the sniper in Washington. They'll tell you he was one of the most brilliant kids in school in Jamaica. Right? It's, it's, it's a, it comes back down to socialization, peer pressure. It's, it's so many different variables, I believe. But education, as we're taught, we're taught that education is to go and do maths and English and study geography and history and physics the way they teach us. That's not it. You have to socialize that child and give that child pride in self. Pride in self comes from even liking the color of your skin, understanding the power of melanin. And if you want to have a world where black and white don't matter, like we grew up in a melting pot in Jamaica where um, black and white don't really matter that much. Right? Just there's colorism. But if you have a strong identity, it don't matter that much. On top of that, you're... 10 bars down. So you grew up in an inner city community. You're black. You're, you, 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 don't, you don't have nobody in your family graduated from college. Your, your richest uncle sell crack and cocaine and, and never ever turn the money into something legitimate. Right? Um, somebody's always drinking rum and beating up on some female around you. If you're, not, if you're not running a train or a battery when you're a teenager upon a girl, you're not seen as a man, think about it. We're going to stop. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a lot. I need to take notes. Wow. But I asked the question and I got the answer. Almost all of the answer because he had to stop. Yeah. It's deep. 
this this what subject is this in class in college what is this again is this sociology paired with economics is um, it really being taught though <laughs> i mean i tell you something o'neill this is where we learn a lot believe it you know, or not we I learn a still, lot here Michelle, i have a so andre on dr andre is a very close friend of mine economist grew up in a inner city community in Montego Bay made it out. He made it out of what a community in Montego Bay again. Anyway, one of the one of the one of the baddest community in Montego Bay. He made it out. Right? And he's one of no one of the brightest economists economists in the Caribbean. International economist. Now sometimes he and I sit down and have some reasoning and we talk about Montego Bay, and we talk about... So he knows the whole system, the capitalist system, and the trickle-down economy. Right? He can spit that off. For the, he's a lecturer, senior lecturer in that field, right? And sometimes when you sit down, even when I'm speaking to him, who has grew up, who grew up in an inner-city community, so he can relate to peers who... Some of them, I'm sure you know people end up talking about badness and gone rather than and never get a pathway out. But even when, even when I'm reasoning with him, there are times when, because of what he has been trained and taught, there are times when his conversation don't literally match up with the reality. So you see, they educate us. And that's what I'm saying. We have to be careful how we just use the word education very loosely. Because sometimes we're educated to understand the dynamics of a white man system. And we're expected to wear that jacket and tie um, and dress up in that suit. Because the suit defines us. Because I can bet you, if I, and I don't support the pants on the bottom and all of them kind of stuff, but I'm just saying, if I want to be slick, especially in America, and I'll start this, rent a Benz and put on a nice suit, and have a nice haircut, the police officer will be a little different when him stop you because I'm not sure if you are Obama's even <laughs> handbag carrier or if you are a criminal dressed up. So his approach, and if you're dictation, if you know how to speak, if you can speak English properly. So you see, it's, it's a societal thing. You're measured and judged by the other party, by your simple appearance, the color of your skin, how you dress, how you look, right? You could be dumb. You could be the dumbest one in other class, getting these, but you made it out of the class. And if you know how to, Put yourself together. The world is a scam. If you know how to put yourself together, <laughs> well, we're done. Lord have I mercy. Time. Listen, yeah, because we're running out of time. Oh boy, interesting, interesting conversation. And yes, Miss Me, you're absolutely right. Beha behavioral studies, one aspect of um, psycho psychology, right? Understanding the reason behind the behavior that it's deeper than what we see and it's not as easily fixed as we think it can be because i'm not gonna lie i'm thinking why it can't fix 
Isn't there a switch? Like COVID. Can you, fix. You turn it on and you turn it off. Right? <laughs> uh, can I say quickly? Yes, yes, war. <laughs> yeah, I've been listening a long time. You know, we just get a chance. Um, yeah, um, behaviors, right, that continue over time, they're reinforced. And there's so much, anyways, I'm trying to pack it in quickly. Yeah, there's mindset, behavior, um, that are taught and reinforced by continues and continue to grow. And there's even on the Jamaican Information Service, uh, uh, behavioral modification um, study that they even do. And they show that um, when there's intervention, right, um, for, with, with uh, disruptive children, they can reform these children 99% of the time in order to correct their behavior so that um, they, 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 they are not disruptive or going down that pathway. And as we know, um, human behavior has always been studied and it can be manipulated. You can get people to do almost anything you want them to do, basically, in the population, just through different incentives, different types of manipulation. So if, as, if um, communities that are in poverty, right, there are certain set of factors that are there that keep it that way or to keep that um, community being destructive, right? And again, it's for whatever purpose, right? As a while ago, I was looking at Jamaican situation and, and um, I was speaking to this Italian businessman at the time we were talking. And he loves Jamaica, but he said to me, um, Jamaica is like that because some people want to keep it that way. And I just said, well, I didn't probe deeper because I guess um, we didn't have time, but I'm just saying that for Jamaica. So in, in, in um, extrapolating that to other section, right, where our people are and are suffering in certain ways, it is not about um, people being poor, because they can look about other poor black societies and they have morals, right? But if there's not a certain vested interest in keeping that um, society a certain way, then you don't see that sort of crime and violence within those societies. So these are just, just a few things loosely I'll just say here. Yeah. Thank you so much, War. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Wow. Deep, huh? Thank you, Chief. Thank you, O'Neill. Thank you, James. And thank you, War, for your points on that topic. I'm still going to remain hopeful that one day, one day, things will be the way they ought to be. All right? Michelle. Yes. Just quickly, you, when you're growing up, right? Um, and you, the community you lived in, the 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 respect and honor that was placed on who your father was and how respectable he was and his cre how credible he was, his reputation mattered, right? That was the era, right? I mean, I never knew I was poor, and nobody around me going to school thought I was poor, 
because of who my grandmother is and she's a teacher or my father is and stuff like that. That still exists, right, somewhat. And it's, there's some level of classism that's in that too. But in this day and age, the grandmother is just like the girlfriend. And the girlfriend, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's it's there's a there's no value system. It it has it is, has been eroded. So it's now all about who can get the nicest wig, who can put the best lash, who for pants can drop far down at the bottom, and who have the most tattoos. And I'm not hitting out against people who believe in that kind of decorating of yourself. I'm basically saying the material value system has replaced credibility, honor, who you are. That that moral value system has been eroded and it's now replaced by the bling bling, the flashes, who can go the most parties, who can buy the most bottle. The standard has dropped. Like I said, somebody put up a meme the other day that says if you were born in the 80s and the 90s, your dream husband would have been Maurice Chestnut. In this day, your dream boyfriend is maybe going to be Vibes Cartel. <laughs> <laughs> on that note, Adil, I have to wrap up. <laughs> oh, boy. Values. Our value system is totally off. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to say thank you so much. I do appreciate your support and your contribution. The conversation, indeed, was great. The perspectives definitely appreciate it as well man it's a hot one like seven inches from the midday sun well i hear you whispering the words melt everyone but you stay so cool i'm on your guitar gotta say thank you to all our listeners who logged on to the Quality Music Zone, QMZRadio.com. For quality music while you work or play, log on to QMZRadio.com. It's that good music to get you through your day. Thank you to everyone who logged on to JohnNoRadio.com. Don't forget to download that Jano Radio app. J-A-H-K-N-O, available in your Apple and Google Play stores. Jano Radio, take us on the go. And of course, I have to say a big thank you to everyone here with me on Clubhouse. This is where the conversation happens. I'm Moments With Me, and you were listening to Coffee in Tow World News on the go. We do this every Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern. This is where I read the news and we share our views. Always great conversation, shared views, varying opinions, and interesting perspectives. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at me Media Moments on Instagram Moments underscore with underscore me underscore media and on TikTok Moments with me media and me and everything is MI. Whatever you do, wherever you go, I do ask you this one favor that you please be safe. Look forward to seeing you here tomorrow morning, 9 a.m. Eastern for Coffee and Toast. QMZRadio.com and JohnOradio.com. This is Moments with me signing out. This life ain't good.